I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from our gorgeously rendered animated dreamscape here in 2019, but also here in New York City. New York City. We're on location. That's very exciting. We're on location at the Audio Boom Studios. Yeah. Um, With us today is Karen Hahn. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here. And we also have another guest, uh, Ben Hosley. Oh, my God. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I was two hours late. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take these one at a time. So um, let's, yeah. let's just do Ben. Let's, let's, let's get it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, my man? Um, ben, thanks so much for, for doing this. Of ben has course. offered to help us out with this podcast today. Yeah, we- I'm happy to. I just – I'm you. Call, the call time was – 9.30, 9:30. and I so thought I could make that happen, but it's hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But here we are. We asked him to come at 9.30 out of Sunday. He's never met us before. It's He's true. agreed to do it's it. It's true. He is, he is uh. our, he is, I mean, really, truly, you are our all-time favorite podcast producer. Oh. It's true. So, oh. It's true. It's true. That's sweet. So it's really, it's like sitting next to the Babe Ruth of podcast production. Thank you so much. I love that you're saying this as you're going to send this to your actual podcast producer. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. Who, okay, who, I don't even want to say his name. I lo- Ernie, I love you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's yeah. true. But no, really. I mean, at, when you're sitting this next is- to the goat, you're sitting next to the goat. What are you going to yeah. do? Ben, thanks so much for doing this. I'm happy to, guys. I'm so sorry. But our guest today, <laughs> our guest today is Karen. Who rules? <laughs> sorry. I'm going to get you coffee. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> this Karen. could not have started better, by Karen. the way. Karen. <laughs> 
thank you so much for for coming on this podcast for meeting us in your hometown. Um, no, thank you guys for flying all the way here all just way here. to record Fantasia Two. Sit in the hallway for two hours. We, yeah. <laughs> it's a, first of all, we've right. learned a lot about each other. We've we really did. grown. We did. We've become close friends. It's possible you learned too much about us. Oh, I won't tell anyone. It's okay. <laughs> thank you, within the we first within that. the first five minutes, I told her about my meltdown about having rabies. It's true. <laughs> yes. It's true. So she knows everything about yeah. me. That was a good foot to start on. I think. Yeah, well, I feel know. like you know us. But I feel like we don't know you because we are we are a couple of guys who talk a lot about ourselves and our own problems. We didn't ask you one thing about yourself, but it was on purpose because I wanted to save it for the podcast. Karen, where were you in 1999? Um, in early Uh-oh. school, preparing to move. My family moved from Ill- or from New York to Illinois in 2000. So where in New York were you from? Uh, I was born in Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, but. Pretty much right – like a year after that, uh, we moved to upstate to Ithaca. Oh, so I was there. actual upstate. Yes. I live – I'm from fake upstate. I'm from Westchester. <laughs> it's still upstate, I think. Well, te- I mean that's... it's like technically geographically, but like <laughs> <laughs> So you lived in Ithaca. Yeah. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what no, that joke is. Um, only New Yorkers get that. <laughs> All right. There, there are Not a lot explain? of gorges – yeah, in oh. Ithaca. It's, it's a huge. Okay, that's okay. the like bumper sticker you get when you go to oh. Ithaca. They literally have things. It's like an illustration of a gorge, and then it says Ithaca is gorgeous because it is gorgeous. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so unenthusiastic. Speed on it. It's like uh, short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, you know he's 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 from North New. He's from upstate New York too. So he he gets it a How little. How dare bit. you? <laughs> Pretty much. I am from upstate, Mi- upstate Michigan. Excuse me. Up, up, upstate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, New York, to Illinois. Where in Illinois? Champaign, Urbana, Illinois. Lovely. So mm-hmm. you just went from college. I assume you're the daughter of professors. Yes, that's exactly yep. right. All yep. right. Cool. I always know like who has uh who like will know what like university kids are like as soon as i, I mention going from ithaca to champagne and people know it's just because of the university so is that cornell or ithaca cornell cornell yeah. to that's university of illinois yep. is it is champagne the university of illinois yes. the illini yep fighting cool. illini yeah oh, and where'd you go um as a college student i went to Bryn Mawr. oh cool yeah yes. seven sisters mm-hmm. that's seven right sisters. So i went to penn right oh, in the word yeah Cool. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> Learning about each other two hours after yeah. sitting in a hall together. That's but true. But like, what are the chances? No, but at least it's on mic, guys. This is a lovely moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Right, so 1999, you were some age in school. You said early schooling. I just let that one go. I, uh, well, <laughs> like, I'll tell you if you want to know, but... I'd... No, I mean... We... We don't need to know, but uh, I'm guessing you're young. Most of our guests guests are like so much younger than us. Yeah, it makes us, me in particular, feel very old. Oh, yeah, all right, that's okay. She's 17 years old. Um, <laughs> minus 10. Wow, I minus. You're 27 years old. Uh, I'm turning 27 this year. Congratulations! Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a big year. Um, is it? I don't know. I, I don't remember say, 27 don't... that well. Yeah, I was like, you just I, hammered I was... the whole year. All right. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yeah, I was seven in 1999. So 1999, okay. you so you don't seven. remember much of what you saw in 1999. No, not really. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, well, I was looking at the list, and I remember like the Iron Giant, but that's right. pretty much it. Well, we just had recently uh, Dana Schwartz on for mm-hmm. uh, Stuart Little, which yeah. I think was one of the few films that she remembered. Weirdly, from I rewatched that like a it, week ago. Another 26-year-old. Really? Another 26-year-old. Yeah. Why did you rewatch um, it? We had to. 
So I wondered why you did. <laughs> I did not have to. It was not for anything. Uh, I was just browsing Netflix and with my boyfriend, and we were like, I we've been talking about Stuart Little for some reason. I think because of the meme where it's like, can you imagine being a kid in the orphanage? And like two fucking mouse oh, and yeah. they dropped the mouse. That was a And we saw that it was on Netflix, and we were like, "Should we watch Stuart Little?" <laughs> Did you watch so, the whole thing? Though? Yeah, we watched the whole well, thing, stuck it out, including I mean. like the Lubega song at the end, oh, which is boy. oh yeah, oh boy, the other Lubega song, the other. That was the our entire podcast. Is- was was how awful it must be to be another kid in the orphanage and get passed <laughs> up for a mouse. It's bonkers. Also, like specifically, just because that mouse like yeah. hit the sympathy card real hard, where he's like, "Well, because nobody no likes me. me, that's why I know all the other kids." Yeah. But wouldn't like, you agree that off. that movie's better if it's an orphanage movie than like Gina Davis and Hugh Laurie and a whole bunch of like bullshit that just isn't all that particularly interesting? Nothing interesting happens in the movie. And I think including... You do think it's a terrible movie, right? It's not good. Great, okay, great. Good. But it... <laughs> I can't believe... We're just the... doing great. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to dig my own grave here. No, it's not good. But there's so many things in it that are so weird slash funny. Mm-hmm. Like they name their boat Wasp. And it's like, <laughs> oh... <laughs> It's because they're wasps. (laughs) What about the fact that in the book, Mm -hmm. the mom delivers Stuart Little, like vaginally? Wait, excuse me? Well, Phil. Did the (laughs) book... Am I wrong in that assessment? that's true? I guess. I I know how women are... I know how babies are born. You, I know you. It's not explicit (laughs) that the baby is born vaginally in E.B. White's children book. But yes, that that is the, the, no, in the book, Dana pointed this out, which I thought was, was, is that it's a boy who looks a lot like a mouse. It's not a mouse? It's a human. Stop right now. It's a human who is, who is mouse sized, mouse shaped, with mouse hair and a mouse nose. It's a human. It's a mouse looking human. It's like it's like I said. Why like, would you take that out of the movie? That's what that's the question that's, we asked. That's the movie. That that's what would Wait, been that, the oh, great movie. That's David Cronenberg Stuart Little. I'm in. I think we've mentioned that too. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Um so really Stuart so Little's the only thing. Yeah, we're Stuart obviously Little. Stuart Little. <laughs> well, uh, we're here to talk about Fantasia, but there's nothing to talk about, so let's just talk about Stuart Little. <laughs> so Fantasia two thousand Fantasia two thousand, I love it so much. Why'd you Why'd you pick it? Yeah, because we, uh, we sent you the list, yes. and I was actually a little surprised that that was the one that you yeah? gravitated towards. I thought there would be other ones. Well, yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't want to take anything too good because I was like, they're going to have better podcast guests. And so we should say, but also, untrue. I untrue. <laughs> Did you know anything about <laughs> it? Seriously, I, yeah, I've seen like who's been on. No, anyway, no, um, I <clears throat> I trained in classical music when I was growing up, um, and I loved the original Fantasia, and I love this Fantasia. Um, and it was specifically just because I was like, I love music and I love movies and these, this is like kind of the only confluence of those things, yeah. except for like really good concert docs. Right. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. What, so <clears throat> I guess we should, we should start a little bit by just talking about the original Fantasia. I didn't rewatch it, so I just want to talk about it generally in the sense of how sort of bizarre it is that it existed. Mm-hmm. That it was a really big swing by Walt Disney after the success of, of Snow White, where he just, he wanted to take this pretty esoteric swing um, and, and, and that, that Fantasia would be this evolving animal where each year he'd put out another version of it with different songs. That's how I know that we're in the worst timeline. 
that we didn't get we vintage didn't get every year. Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine if we did every Christmas? Yeah. yeah That'd be amazing. It'd it, be the new like Star Wars movie. Exa- it wasn't supposed to be like necessarily like a new Fantasia. It was supposed to be right. new segments. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. So I think it was seven or eight in the first one, mm-hmm. and they would have just you know pulled one out, put one in, and then eventually you get to the point where. You know, five six years down the line, they can just put any eight in a row mm-hmm. at any screening, and no, you would never see the same one twice. Yeah, it's an awesome idea. It's a really really interesting idea. Yeah. He just it seems like I mean, first of all, critics sort of liked it. Hippies really liked it. Critics, I, I <laughs> hippies like to get high and go see Fantasia in like pre World War II. <laughs> But some some critics were were crazy about it. Like truly, like this would have been my big swing if I had been alive in 1940. Had been like Fantasia. You'd have been tweeting about it. Yeah, yeah. You loved it. Sending telegraphs. Telling everyone to go to Fantasia. Just bothering your little tele- telegrapher. Yeah. So can you please send 200 telegrams? <laughs> But it, it's it's crazy that he did it, and all signs point to the fact that just the audience wasn't there at the time. People mm-hmm. were pretty depressed. The world was in a really <laughs> bad place, and people weren't interested in going to see classical music, animated films rendered to classical yeah. music. Um, I also think that we're, we talk- we're, we're I don't know. I don't want to just jump all over you, Phil. <laughs> I've read different shit. Okay, my I I don't I don't think it was the failure you're pre- you're presenting it as. Uh, it's the okay. twenty. It's it's the. Tw- I mean, I can. It's the twenty third highest box office um, movie of all time, based on inflated, uh-huh. based, based on uh, <laughs> not uh, based on adjusted box office. Mm-hmm. It was a road show, so it wasn't a wide release. Mm-hmm. That you know, I would love the Fantasia Road Show. It's a road show. I so, just can't stop thinking about the alternate Fantasia universe we could be living in. <laughs> it, I mean, it, played, that, on, it yes. played on Broadway for forty for forty weeks. It was the longest film that ever played on Broadway at the time. It played a Carthay Circle for like I think thirty nine weeks. It was it, it wasn't intended to be some wide release blockbuster. It was intended to be a real high society. I mean, for those who don't know, what, like don't under- know what a road show is because we don't do that anymore. It's basically Hate an old. Fa- <laughs> it's basically an old fashioned yeah. version of. <laughs> I don't know, what did you say? I said hateful eight. They they yeah that's true yeah. It's basically an old fashioned version of platforming. Right, that's how they used to. They used to take films from town to town to town yeah. and put them up in big fancy theaters for inflated ticket prices, and that's how you know, like Sound of Music got shown. That's how My Fair Lady got shown. All the big Hello Dolly, all the big musicals were shown that way. All the biggest, um, like spectacle productions were shown that way. Sure, Fantasia was one of them too. It was the first Disney movie that did that. I thought. I my understanding is it was very successful. It's, it was. It, it was not. But I understand that it might be – I don't be, even know what that means. It was well, not I, I compared can, to what? I, at the time, it was not a successful film. I think that after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which was an enormously successful film, I think that this film did not do as well as they would have liked at the time. Now, I might be expectations. Over, be that as it may, he licked his wounds – Walt Disney after this and decided he was not going to be doing anything like this again. He didn't take any real risks after this point for the most part. I mean, his movies were he he went back to telling narrative stories. In the you can vault. roll your eyes all you want, man. Like that's that's just if, if I'm rolling at- my eyes. I mean, it's just not it's just not factually true. I like <laughs> okay. Well, then you can take it up with Roger Ebert, who said that the film was a failure in his review. You could take it up with the critics that at the time of R.I.P. Roger Ebert. <laughs> I'm just saying that like Fantasia 2000 was reviewed and spoken of in the and and, and 
Fantasia through the Fantasia 2000 reviews, people spoke of Fantasia as not successful. And a lot of a lot of sort of weight was put on Fantasia 2000 to perform and then it sort of didn't really do yeah. that either. So Did you you obviously didn't read the Fantasia 1940 Wikipedia. <laughs> Fantasia garnered significant critical acclaim at the time of its release and was seen by some critics as a masterpiece. I didn't say that it wasn't critically lauded. I said that it was not successful. All right, let's move on. Box office results. <laughs> let's move box on. office. I mean, otherwise you'd still see Walt. You know what I mean? Like Walt Disney didn't do it. Literally, his cryogenically it, frozen head is still. It just was very. Like, it was Rah. very. It was very expensive. It was a. It was really, very. Expensive. It was a really difficult film for them to do. I'm not and disputing any of that. It. Well, whatever. Let's keep going. We're talking about Fantasia. Either way, yes. My my point more than anything that I was trying to get to was this was an experimental thing for Walt Disney to do when he did it. And it was an experimental thing for them to do in December of 99 when they released Fantasia 2000. And I watched this film just thinking to myself how – amazing it is that it exists, that they took the time to – and the – and the – that his – I'm sorry, which – which – relative of Walt Disney was it that Roy Disney. Roy, Roy Disney who used it as sort of his this was an opportunity to finish what he felt Walt had wanted to do perhaps mm-hmm. back in the day um, and watching it I thought to myself about how we don't see Disney really do anything like this ever again nope. the closest thing feels like the shorts we get in front of Pixar films mm-hmm. or some Disney films those have a they can sometimes just because they're silent mm-hmm. sometimes and they're put to music but that's the closest thing that we get to this and i guess my question i mean obviously to, to both of you is you know do you think they would ever do this again do you think that that this is just something that is just sort of a, a weird relic yeah I, I i think it's an anomaly i mean we were talking earlier about how like the disney slate for this year where it's what the lion king aladdin frozen 2 toy story 4 which, like, I'm excited for all of them, yeah. but it seems like the direction they're going is not a direction in which they would make another Fantasia, unless for some reason there was a weird cultural resurgence mm-hmm. and people had the same kind of fervor for it as they do right. for these other huge properties, which they don't. Do you think that, sorry, do you think that there's um, an argument to be made for if ever there was a place to do it, mm-hmm. Disney is the place to do you know what I mean like they have we we're talking about what's coming out this year they're going to make more money than any studio probably in the history of cinema this year <laughs> truthfully yeah. of course they could take the swing I mean they could make a Fantasia they could do it, you know yeah. again and, and they're the maybe the only people who have the money to right and the clout to be able to do it exactly yeah. to get the music that they would ostensibly want for something of a Fantasia level but I also like dread <laughs> what else they would put in it because I feel like It'd be put to pop music or something like they that? They would try to put a pop song in yeah. there. Well, there was – all right. So it's interesting. There was the original idea for this version of Fantasia was Beatles songs. Yeah. Mm. So – Who was it who was like, no, and noise. then quit the movie? It yeah, was quit. not Leonard Bernstein. It was the first guy they went to. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I will find that out. Yeah. But it was going to be Beatles songs. <laughs> yeah, who, who, whoever it was thought it was a terrible idea. <laughs> um, I think he was right. Well, it would have been lame, right? It would have yeah. been like it would have been like Cirque du Soleil. Love <laughs> would have been more successful, sadly. Um, Probably. Who knows? And yeah. I think that nineteen. I mean, monetarily not. I actually think nineteen ninety nine was the exact <laughs> wrong time yeah. for this. And I think if this came out today, I think there would be an audience for it. Um, I mean, I, I think also about the kind of weird place that the original Fantasia has in the cultural cachet. I guess, like, because totally. my. 
association with it is like my personal enjoyment but also watching sort of like the movie that your substitute teacher would put on because they're like this is like educational quote unquote and it's an hour long so the kids will watch it yeah it's 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 the other thing that I that I that I found myself thinking about as I was watching the Blu-ray was that I wish I got to see it in IMAX. Yeah, I mean it must have looked truly incredible in IMAX. Mm-hmm. Um, the whales lose a little home replay value. They do. I mean, as beautiful as it is, yeah. um, and I really did love the the that's one of my favorites. But yeah, it's just the the sheer scope of it, mm-hmm. what it must have looked like on that screen, is is pretty breathtaking, and and. Yeah, I mean, it it did very well with IMAX in terms of box office. Fantasia 2000 did, mm-hmm. at the time anyway, very, very well. So mm-hmm. it is interesting. I want to talk more about what Karen was saying, though, in terms of Fantasia's place yeah. in the culture. Yeah. Because it it was almost like not really considered a classic Disney movie in, in its own mm-hmm. way, right? You obviously had, you had Snow White, you had Sleeping Beauty and Dumbo and Pinocchio and Bambi. And then also this weird thing where Mickey – <laughs> who's not really this kind of character, who's yeah. not a feature film character, mm-hmm. plays a sorcerer's apprentice with dancing brooms and then a bunch of other things. Um, it, I, I think that's – I mean I, I just kind of want to want to go into that a little more, want to kind of yeah. chew on that a little more. Like, You did get Donald Duck in a Bible story. Well, that, you're talking about Fantasia 2000. Sorry, my apologies. In fa- <laughs> which sorry, is, I wasn't – which, which is such garbage. But <laughs> – it is. It is the weakest. It's, it's not good. It's no. terrible, and I have a lot of thoughts on that one. But, <laughs> but I, 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 I can't wait. Yeah, but I do. I, I wonder. So I, I, yeah, I, I wonder about Fantasia because I always felt a little bit like Karen. You said the subject teacher thing. I always felt a little bit like it was homework. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the association I think you have with classical music, especially when you're a kid. You're mm-hmm. like, I don't want to listen to this. Oh. Like, if I'm, and also the way that they present it is not necessarily like fun. No. Like, no. it is very, like, here is a real piece of art that you should appreciate. It's for grown-ups. It really yeah. is. For, it is. It's for grown-ups. I mean, I think that's also why The Sorcerer's Apprentice kind of broke out of it, because it's the one of the Fantasia original segments, I think, that's the most, um, like, it adds the most to the music. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, I will say, too, I, I, I remember I saw, they did a re-release of the original Fantasia, I mm-hmm. believe, in the late 90s. 90s. Yeah. yeah. And I remember going to see that in the theater and and definitely falling asleep. <laughs> um, and I just remember just it it's it was just too long. Like I I think that part of what's so strong about Fantasia 2000 is its length. Mm-hmm. I mean it it really just sort of it gets in it gets out. Part of it obviously had to do with the IMAX of it all, and I imagine that they probably just wanted to keep it to a length that that could actually be on the trays back then. But I I still think that the first one. I just was like, when is this? Because there's just there's very little to hold on to when yeah. you're a kid. It, it's just it feels very sort of you just don't know what you're supposed to be paying attention to. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. So yeah, there's no story. There's no story, <laughs> you know. And you're just you're looking at the pretty pictures and you're hearing the music, and yeah, it's 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 just. It's a it's a chore. It's two hours and I believe two hours and ten, two hours it's and like, fifteen minutes. Yeah, two hours and five it's minutes. Just over two hours. Yeah, and that's 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 a lot. It is. You know, you know I. But what's interesting, and I didn't expect this at all. My kids loved this. Mm. Really, a week ago when we watched Fantasia two thousand or Fantasia, loved it. They Both? wanted to watch. We, just, no, because I never got it from you. <laughs> Sorry, but when um, <laughs> <laughs> but when I, but when I when we watched Fantasia two thousand, yeah. I said we're going to watch Fantasia. And they were very excited. They yeah. they loved it. I was shocked awesome. because you know they. 
they turned off Jurassic Park. Ooh. So, what? That movie sucks. But oh, what? Oh, hot takes. On, no, I don't think that one. movie. I don't think that movie sucks. <laughs> I just, Your kids do though. My kids, <laughs> my kids thought it was boring. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, that just kind of shows you the way CGI has gone in the last twenty five years. Like yeah. none but of this. There's so good. There's the dinosaurs no, are fucking great. There's though, no right? wonder to this anymore. There oh. was so much wonder when we were a kid, and now sure. they see this shit all the time. You know, so. Yeah. Right. That's kind of gone. Do they like the new ones? Oh, I'm not gonna show them the new ones with people having their like heads ripped off. Jimmy Buffett me? saving his margaritas. Oh God, uh, Jimmy! Oh, Jimmy Buffett Jimmy from Buffett. the Beach Bum. Yeah. From the Beach Bum. From, yes. uh, the Beach Bum's Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Beach Bum yet, Ben? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I saw it. it. So good. We were just discussing this. I'm basically like Moon Dog. <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna, we, we really oh should maybe fold this into one podcast. <laughs> Fantasia and Julian Doggy Boy. Well, you know that's uh, what I said outside. <laughs> you wanted the two things to. They say. are the two most ex- experimental films that we've done this that's, year that's by a something. fucking long shot. The only other ones I could think of that are even close are Existence. Fucking great movie. Um, yeah. Solid fifty for me. <laughs> Karen, support me on Existence. Yeah, strong fifty, and the uh, what's the other uh, the other movie that we've done that I think was a straight story, but uh, which the isn't strong re- fifty, which which isn't really an experimental movie. So these are by far the, these are they are both experimental, wildly experimental movies. Yeah. Nothing like either one of them. It's true. I'd ever seen before. Jimmy Buffett should be in Fantasia. I think Julie. <laughs> Dun- I think. Could, the Jimmy, I, I honestly, Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett, Buffett Jim, in the Sorcerer's Jimmy Apprentice. Buffett's done one song, right? Just Margaritaville. That's the only song he's ever done. <laughs> uh, I think so. He's done think fifty Margaritavilles. Yeah. Fifty Margaritas. Mar- one okay. for every Here's state, right? He's done Margaritaville. <laughs> so, Margaritaville, New York. Margaritaville for the Beach Bum <laughs> with yeah. Snoop Dogg. Oh, the, actually, that's the best part of the movie, which sucks. But um, <laughs> so wrong. No offense. You. No offense. That's so <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that to Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel bad. I'm the only one in the room who has not seen Beach Bum yet. I'll, I'll tell you what it's about. I told you what it's about. I know you told me what it's about. It's, I mean, I feel like I've gleaned it from the trailer. I know what it's about. It's about, yeah. it's about uh, nothing. <laughs> and it, everything. Okay, it's, here's the thing. It's that just there about, is a surprising it's, amount it's of plot in it. About what in it? There is a surprising amount of plot in it. Really? Oh, I, thought you, I thought you said pot. Oh, I'm not a, surprised by that. Oh, there's a lot of pot. Because <laughs> I said I think that I think that he he issued any any. This is great. We are going to do a double. We are going to let's do it. This is the beach bum. Because also, Karen, we were talking about this is insane. Well, we were talking about Julian Donkey Boy outside. You seemed like you had seen it. Yeah, I have. All right, great. We're doing a double. I'm in. It's happening. The best twofer yet. I, I mean, I will say this. Just to, we'll pivot back to uh, Fantasia 2000 for a so quick second. No, let's talk about Fantasia 2000. We're talking about Fantasia 2000. If, if, Julia about comes Fantasia up. If, if, I didn't mean when, but yeah. So here's here's. I'm going to give the synopsis okay. of, of Fantasia oh, 2000 just so that you know. For the, for the people who haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fantasia 2000 continues and builds upon Walt Disney's original idea with the creation of a new musical program interpreted by a group of distinguished Disney artists and storytellers. Adding to the fun and entertainment, celebrity hosts from the various arts appear on screen to introduce each of the segments. Included in this prestigious group are Steve Martin, Itzhak Perlman, Bette Midler, Quincy Jones, it's James so Earl good. Jones, Penn and & Teller, and Angela Lansbury. So good. Fantasia 2000. Angela Lansbury looks incredible. She looks also. exactly the same. And in she, Mary Poppins Returns. She's 102 now. Uh, Wait, is that true? 
No, she's in her 90s. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was like, I know she's I thought really you pulled old. that out. I was like, that's yeah. impressive that you know how old she is. Fantasia 2000 premiered on December 17th, 1999 at Carnegie Hall in New York City as that part of a concert so nice. tour, which also featured a visited London, Paris, Tokyo, and Pasadena, California. The film was then released in 75 IMAX theaters worldwide from January 1st to April 30th, 2000, marking the first animated feature-length film to be released in the format. Its general release in regular theaters followed on June 16th, 2000, and the film received mostly positive reviews from critics who praised the film overall. Uh, uh, mostly positive reviews and then negative reviews from critics who were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dumb critics. Yeah, yeah, dummies. Uh, it, bud- <laughs> it was budgeted at around eighty to eighty-five million dollars, and it grossed ninety. So it was a push. It did fine. It did fine. Eighty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, seventy-five from audiences. Eighty-two. Pr- who, who's that? Twenty-five percent. Yeah, fuck those people. But well, 80, it's 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 a great movie. Eighty-two yeah. doesn't seem that crazy to me. Yeah. Um, Not be- all segments are good. As we were discussing, the Donald Duck Noah the Ark segment is bad. <laughs> Some what, segments. What are, was that? It was terrible. But we could talk. <laughs> they about wanted th- another Sorcerer's Apprentice. I think they were like, we're gonna but put Bible? one of our big. No. All right. Know. So so the problem with <laughs> religion. <laughs> seems the like problem the with that segment. We let's just yeah. ju- let's do it. Let's go do right it. into yeah, it. Yeah. The problem with that segment is not Donald, who's the best character in the Disney. Canon. Interesting. The the it's not Donald. It's not the Bible. It is pomp and circumstance. Oh, it's the, oh, it's the music. Stupid. <laughs> I all, all I thought of was graduation. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, ironically, isn't that how they lead into it? They're yes. like, you may only associate pomp and circumstance like, with graduation, yes. but and now, we did. And it's that, like, no. That <laughs> I mean, so weird. As, yeah. as a wrestling, like if you use graduation by vitamin C, and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> As a as a wrestling yeah, fan who is, as a wrestling fan who is going to WrestleMania this <laughs> afternoon and oh. literally oh has God. Randy Savage on oh my, my shirt, God. I also associate it with Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> it was his theme music. It was. Oh, it's incredible. If yeah, it's a gr- it's, if the Fantasia segment had starred Randy Savage, <laughs> where would you rate it? Number one. Get the- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. That's amazing. I have a Randy Savage shirt. (laughs) That's incredible. All right. So, so pomp and and circumstances should only be you know played when people are graduating or Randy Savage is coming to the ring for an epic title fight. Um, (laughs) It is is not, or in that one great Levi's commercial. It is not. (laughs) Wait, I haven't seen it. I don't know what that is. They just play pomp and circumstances. It is. It is not. Um, has, it has nothing to do with Noah's Ark. It has nothing to do with Donald Duck. It, it, and it's a valedict- valedictory song, and Donald Duck's whole character is why are you all choosing Mickey over me? Yeah, that's why true. is this all about <laughs> Mickey and not me? What has he done that I haven't? He's done, done the Sorcerer's Apprentice. True, Mi- the, the one that's that, lasted standard the test of time, seventy fucking years ago. Yeah. Do what have you done for me lately, Mickey? <laughs> No, oh, wait, his like YouTube shorts are so good. My kids love them. They're so good. Wait, yeah. They're YouTube shorts? nuts. His yeah. shit's good now. He got good. Is- <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's amazing. No, you're, really so what are his? Sh- what are these? Just they're, shorts? He just like, goes on really insane. They're gonzo. The one it's where, true. Like, Goofy like eats him. What? Like not yeah. a joke. Surreal. Yeah. Yeah, they're really weird. So, something happened. So like, and th- this is. I mean, now now <laughs> we're going. We're going exactly where I hope this podcast would go. Good. Something happened. Like. 10 years ago or maybe 15 years ago this crazy thing happened 
<laughs> where um, the NFL, Monday Night Football, or it was going to be Sunday Night Football, was moving from ABC to NBC. This is all relevant, I promise. <laughs> and they wanted to get Al Michaels, the yeah. announcer, from ABC to NBC to announce Sunday Night Football. So in order to get him out of his contract, this is 100 fucking percent real, they, they, they orchestrated a creative trade with Universal. All right, and the trade part of the trade was a bunch of the properties that Universal had that were old Disney properties that they got in some kind of archaic corporate deal went over to, went back to Disney. I think it was Iger who did it, but it might have been Eisner. I can't remember who was okay. the, who was the head at the time. One of the properties was Wadlow, no Waldo the Lucky Rabbit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Everyone's favorite rabbit. Well, I don't he's know the lucky. What the fuck that is? Wa- <laughs> Waldo the Lucky Rabbit was one of these characters, okay? And it's okay. like, who's Waldo the Lucky Rabbit? Waldo the Lucky Rabbit was the pre-Disney – I mean the uh, the pre-Mickey Mickey. He, if you oh, look yeah. him up, if yeah, you look yeah, him yeah. up, they look very similar. And then somehow Universal got Waldo the Lucky Rabbit. They wound up using Waldo the Lucky Rabbit as the villain in that Mickey video game, which was the first <laughs> time – it was like Mickey's Castle or something like that. It was the first time that they actually made Mickey – a like heroic hero, like a heroic hero on a hero's journey, and this somebody hasn't played Kingdom Hearts. No, I think this was before that. This was I'm talking oh, about like, like fifteen years ago. Or oh, 12, okay, okay, okay. Fifteen years ago, twelve years ago, this birthed this new Mickey character, this Waldo thing, which was like wow. he was looking at himself, and Waldo wanted to reclaim his like lineage or some shit. So my point being, in the last fifteen years, they've let Licky, they've let Mickey off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, Mickey, Mickey has actually Mickey, Mickey has actually become cool and good and funny and and Donald is probably even more pissed off. Yeah, is Donald really your favorite? Oh, dude! All right, so when you when you life is like a mystery here in Duckburg. Donald's not even the star of that show. Like that's the point. Like they don't even give him the Great Duck Show. Yeah. All right. So, it is kind of insane that he's like. Tertiary and Ducktales. Oh, ter- yeah, he's, he's he's in like three episodes. Scrooge it, McDuck is in more of Ducktales than Donald Duck. Scrooge, it's his show. Yeah, Donald shows up every once in a while. He's like he's like he's like a cousin. What's so, that? Stan a legend. Like, do- Donald's like wearing that because his character was like in the military. Fuck yeah, he was in the military. <laughs> fucking veteran. <laughs> what did, what did oh Mickey ever do for this country? Mickey's in oh, fucking oh USO shows. All right. <laughs> All right, so that movie. my point about Seriously. Donald and my point about when you have kids. <laughs> King of comedy, but. I don't know, Ben, you have Donald. kids. Is anyone a kid in this room? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew. I, I, I had a Definitely sense. Definitely not. Have you listened to 200 Plank Check episodes? Yeah. yeah but. No. And, <laughs> That's just a secret. Self-describe your five children. Self- oh yeah, I I have a full family. Just self-describe <laughs> because the first one's going to college now. It's first thing really he big. said. The first thing he said we walked in was I'm Moondog. Moondog <laughs> has a daughter. That's the whole movie. That's true. So he actually called himself a donkey boy before that. Donkey boy has a child too. Uh, so, oh shit! <laughs> it's dark. Um, <laughs> he called himself a monster man, which was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he said he goes. I'm, he goes. He wants it. He goes. I'm a monster man. I go to the bathroom and I laugh alone in the bathroom. I'm like, I'm like monster man. It's so good. I am. <laughs> so I'm sorry. So I know when you text when you text Phil, you're uh, like, I'm, when you you text Phil, you're like, I'm a donkey boy. I like, I like, I'm sitting there so impressed. I'm like. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. That's a good joke. <laughs> pretty good. Okay, so when you have kids, yeah, 
You will be subjected to hours upon hours of a show called Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Has anyone heard of it? Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. I could tell by your face that you love it. Um, uh, Mickey, Mickey, Mouse Cl- Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is it? She really loves Mickey it. Mouse Clubhouse is is not like you know the Mickey Mouse Club of oh. of your. It's it's a it's a really horribly rendered three D animated show. Um, designed to su- has no commercials. Designed to suck kids into Disney World, and I say this as a like Disney obsessive. I I loved that I got sucked in. This entire show is predicated upon the idea that every everybody hangs out in Disney in Mickey's clubhouse that's yeah. shaped like Mickey. They use the mouse get, the, the 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 mouse get tools yeah. and all this mouse based shit. It's basically tr- it's very Trumpian, right? Mickey is the Trump of this world. There's oh this one God. episode, and I'm saying Donald's the only one being like, "Yo, Don." Seriously, Donald's the only one being like, "Why are you guys so into Mickey?" And Goofy's like, "Oh, obviously we're you like Goofy. Mickey, I, you know, I hate Goofy. Goofy's you love the, you love the Goofy's an enabler. Minnie's an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> they're both will not be sponsored by Disney. They're both enablers. I also, oh I also, have, I also have offended. <laughs> I am offended by the Stand By Me thing on behalf of Pluto. It makes no. Oh. It is make, make, I've said this on a podcast before. It makes no sense that that some dogs wear clothes and walk around and true. hang out and play sports. That and other some dogs, dogs are, own dogs are pets. Yep, gross. But you love the Goofy roller coaster. It's one of the great rides of all time. <laughs> Uh, so, so the final point about this Donald thing that I want to make is one episode. Okay. It, 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 in the, the great episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Donald says, fuck this. I'm making a Donald Clubhouse. And everyone is uh, everyone is like, you know, because they're such great people, animals, whatever. Everyone is like, uh, all right, Donald, we'll make the Donald Clubhouse. So like to the show's credit, they redo the theme song. With a Donald oh Clubhouse. Oh, my God. I know. It's so meta. It's so good. They redo the theme song. It's all about Donald. He makes it all Donaldish. But guess what? No one hangs out there. They keep hanging out at Mickey's Aww. Clubhouse. Are you serious? I swear to God. No one hangs out at Donald. He's like, oh, I got my Clubhouse, but I got no friends. Oh, my I guess God. I gotta go. I guess I got to go. Donald so hard? He's the buffoon of the place. And then they put him in this stupid fucking pomp and circumstance thing, this, this second-rate garbage thing that Michael Eisner – It is the weakest one. Michael yeah. Eisner only put it in because he's – I mean he's obviously like brilliant in some ways. But like this is not his thing. And I, I, the story is he heard pomp – I mean like he heard pomp and circumstance at a graduation and demanded that they make one. And they made this bad one with Noah's art, Noah's Ark. Let's talk about some of the good ones. I've gotten so upset. I'm yeah, you're, get, you're, you're getting real worked up. No, I, I do. Uh, I feel for Donald. I think he's – I identify with him. <laughs> oh. I'm like he's, – he's the only one being like, don't you see what's going on here? He's a, but he's like treated like a man shouting at, shouting at a cloud. Go ahead. Ironically, that is what he's doing in the Noah's Ark segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – yeah. So let's I'm just I, let's talk a little bit about the development of Fantasia 2000 just very briefly because, you know, for a little bit of context. Um, after numerous unsuccessful attempts to develop it, Michael Eisner became chief uh, executive officer in 84. And after the commercial success of the 1991 home video re-release of Fantasia, um, they decided that they were going to do it. And he thought that this was a really good idea. Katzenberg, against this idea, tried to block it basically at every turn. Um it was the first feature-length animated film to be presented in IMAX. Um, 
But IMAX had to agree to Disney's terms and conditions to gain the exclusive showings of the film. This included a limited engagement of four months and 50% of the box office revenue. Um, It was for that reason when Fantasia 2000 had its first run, not all IMAX theaters agreed to show it. Mm. This is amazing, though. Uh, The California Science Center in Los Angeles was one such venue which refused to the terms. So Disney built a (laughs) IMAX theater (laughs) for its four-month run and then demolished it afterwards. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's I mean, that, that's fuck you money. That's truly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, we'll build a theater and then we'll destroy it. <laughs> they built it right, Why they built would it right, you destroy on, it? right on the parking lot. They just put it right there. They <laughs> rented did. the parking lot for two months. Amazing. Right next to it. With a science center. It's so it, crazy to me. To build a theater that could make you more money yeah. and then demolish it as a fuck you. Bad business. It is bad business, but it's That's, awesome. yeah. I we're going to redo the Lion King in 2019 money. Yeah. With shot for shot. Yeah. Shot for shot. I, I love that as soon as the trailer came out and everyone was like, oh, it's the same thing. They were like, oh, we cast Amy Sedaris as a mouse <laughs> just to kind of prove that they, it wasn't <laughs> going to be the same. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. They were like, it's not for shot for shot. I was like, I don't know. Amy Sedaris is a mouse? Mm-hmm. There's a mouse in the Lion King? No, but that's why. They just added a character to make people think that it's Yeah, new? I think so. That's amazing. I guess now I'm in. I'm not really in before, in that, but to be honest, it looks bad. I like. It looks like physically looks kind of impressive, just right. in terms of like the actual yeah. rendering of the of the animals themselves. But, but I like, imagine it won't be all that interesting. The to thing watch. is, like, I think every other movie that they've made live action like has people in it. So it like makes sense, yep. sort yep. of. Sure. But like when it's all animals, it's like, yeah. what are you doing? It's like if they did the Robin Hood movie, the Robin Hood, sexy Fox, Robin Hood, and they were like, uh, the fox is gonna talk, <laughs> walk on two legs and wear clothes, and we're gonna make him CGI. I, it would be yeah. horrible. Also, cats. Oh, cats! Uh, don't, cats is, <laughs> cats mm. is going to be something. Oh yeah, to behold. I don't like the way this cats thing is going. Oh no, it's gonna be a nightmare. No, I like. I wanted. I I wanted cats. It's going to be a fever dream. To be, I, I, I wanted him to put out a straight version of Cats and then have everyone shit on how like straight it was. Yeah. But now it's like kind of a cause celeb. Everyone's like so excited for how stupid it's going to be. Now everyone's on board that it's stupid. I, I, don't, I, I think it's going to be crazy. It's going to be awful. But of course, it would always be awful. It's the worst fucking musical so I, of all time. So I saw Cats just recently. <laughs> When uh-huh. it was revived? Oh, you saw it in LA? I saw it in LA. Oh, my oh you're, God. Such a, you're such a masochist. Well, I, did, I didn't do it alone. Uh, our writing staff on Station 19, as a joke, we've been as talking a, about the Cats joke? movie. Yes, as a joke. As a joke. Well, in the, in Quote, the, unquote, joke. In the room, we've talked <laughs> a lot Trump about- Donald Trump started as a joke, too. In the oh, room, no! Jesus. In the room, we've talked a lot about Cats, just in how absurd we think it is as a musical, and that mm. it's crazy that it exists. Uh, and we, in fact, even did it. One of our researchers did a, uh, a Photoshop of one of the characters as <laughs> oh as God. a cat from Cats. So, all that being said, we decided as a joke we would go that, and well, see. Well, that's cats. how you know you're really into it. Yeah, right. You get into Photoshop. That's so, when it becomes like not a bit anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we go to it see. It's a bit of an obsession. Yeah. <laughs> we go to see Cats, and it's not. A musical, like it's just a no. bunch of cats introducing themselves yeah. to you, and then one of them goes to heaven. And spoiler, that's the, the oldest one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the like, there's no plot in that way, like Fantasia. <laughs> just to bring it back, right. that's no, that's true. That's true. And, it, it, and we appreciate you. All right, it it's a, it's a, it, it's we're we're, I'm, we're yeah. I'm taking it back the other way. Okay, it's a review, right? Yeah, uh, cats. It sucks. Yeah, my fucking favorite musical is the same thing. What is your favorite? Of course, musical? line. 
Okay. It's the I've same. There's like a story. Yeah, there is because it's not that hard to, to weave, turn into a story. To, to weave an interesting story <laughs> through a musical, like uh, it, yeah. like on is literally. People getting up and saying, this is me, this is where I come yep. from, this is what I did. And oh my is- god, wow. Cats is a chorus line, but bad. Cats is a chorus line, but bad. Instead of getting a, <laughs> instead of getting a role in, the chor- in a chorus line... They go to heaven. You go to heaven. <laughs> and a giant floating tire spaceship. Yep. But on top of it, layer. because Cats is, Cats is so bad, like everyone's happy uh, for Everyone's okay. real happy. Everyone's happy. You're not going to heaven! How could you be happy <laughs> this, for this person? Oh At least god. in a chorus line, uh, most of them are just going to go to the next audition. Right. Um, yeah. So I was at a party yesterday. A bunch of us started oh, nice. talking about the Cats movie. Um, I'm a brag. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I have What's friends. What's that like? <laughs> this is my Mickey moment. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we started talking about the Cats movie and how we're all like, it's going to fucking suck. And then half of the people at the party were like, I've never seen any bit of Cats. So obviously, one of the the, the host was like, let's watch Cats. And nobody called her bluff. So she put cats on and we started, she didn't have like the DVD, but we started like watching the clips on YouTube. Oh, sure. And the thing huh. about cats is like, it's bad, but also memory is so good. Yeah. Yes. Where like and he every, ends, it ends with memory. Yeah. It ends with the strong yeah, song. It should. It yeah. will flop otherwise. Yeah, obviously. But like, you could tell that it was good because every other song, people were just ragging on it the whole time. And then as soon as Elaine Page started singing, the room just went silent. <laughs> Listening to the song, and we're like, yeah, yeah. it's good. Well, that song is good. Andrew, it's undeniably good. Yeah. The and, rest of it is forgettable. Andrew Lloyd Webber has like <laughs> two modes. Worst yeah. shit you've ever heard, and then best shit you've ever heard. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, like, no, I'm just saying like, like – It's true. Like, never is amazing. Like <laughs> oh three God. songs from Phantom are unbelievable. Yeah, that's true. Like he just – occasionally he just hits the – so fucking far out of the park you can't see it anymore but most of it most of the time it hits him right in the right in the cup oh, you know? my god. oh my god oh my god it's very true yeah i mean cats is so good mr Mistopheles is like literally the worst moment of my life watching it <laughs> that old fucking cat do his do his gym dancing <laughs> I, I will oh say God. though too, like we were we were at the very we were at the very back of the theater. Obviously, we weren't going to pay much money yeah. to see this this thing. Oh yeah, yeah. So, why why actually? Yeah, I actually see it when you've got all the way to the theater. <laughs> we saw it. It's just like I don't want to fucking pay a re- thirty motherfucking more dollars to sit in the orchestra. <laughs> that's 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 a, that's inaccurate. You'd be surprised how expensive cat tickets are. Oh and also, God. that theater was packed. Uh, another lot of. Oh all that God. being said, on the way out, I w- had some cats. Let me tell you how much I hate cats. <laughs> I wouldn't subject my children to it. And I would take them. I took them to see, as you know, a fucking regional theater production of Little Shop of Horrors. So, <laughs> Little Shop rules. But Little Shop. Best that's, fucking play of all time. Yeah. But here's that. The, as you're leaving line, cats. The best. There's a bunch of cats with buckets looking for, for donations. Equity. For, right. Yeah. And when you get real close <laughs> to those cats. <laughs> looking for warm milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. On the way out, <laughs> cats with buckets. <laughs> anyway, you get close enough to these cats, they're fucking freaky. And the makeup's upsetting, yeah. and it's crazy. Let's get back to Fantasia okay, 2000. Also, wait. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to pull this back on the rails. I'm 
one less thing to say about cats. We haven't even got a Julia Donkey Boy. Which is a collective delusion. Where I remember when cats was like big, I was like, I love cats. Cats is good. Cats is the greatest. Then I forgot about it for ten years. And then recently I was like A cat sucks. Cats is bad. And yet every is crying. And yet I remember all the songs from cats. And like you everyone, don't. you might, don't know. Oh, yes, do you I really? Skimbleshanks, the Shanks, railway cat, Ghost the Theater cat, Mister Mustafalis, the fucking magical cat, Grizzabelle, the old cat. Anyway, the point is, I everyone of a certain generation like remembers loving cats, forgot about cats, and now cats is back, and we're like, why is it back? I don't understand. Also, they have to write a new song for cats if they want that shit to win a best Oscar, original song yeah. Oscar. I mean, Taylor's gonna write it's it. Obviously, gonna suck. Oh no, she yeah. won't. She, maybe she'll write it with Angela Weber, but you can't. You can't. Taylor will be involved in the new song. I'd be absolutely shocked if she's not. It might be her and uh, and Jennifer Lynn Hudson. I have to say the clip of her singing "Memory" at CinemaCon, great. Yeah, who sang? Can say- Jennifer she's- Hudson. If she gets nominated mm-hmm. for an Oscar for oh singing one God. song again, oh, she won't get nominated for an Oscar for like Best Supporting Actress, won't she? Oh God. Well, whatever. <laughs> I I don't even care. I know truly. I don't it would even be the care. The first motion capture performance I, I that's nominated. So, like I feel so different about the Oscars <laughs> that I that I used to felt like. Feel like go crazy. It's over. <laughs> like it's it's so far the over. The dynasty's done. The dynasty's done. Yeah. No, the it's, dynasty's it's ended. I feel like what I feel like the blankies are truly the new Oscars. So <laughs> it's kind of, I mean That's seriously. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. So memory, the only good song in cats. Yes. And my a big overall point about Fantasia two thousand is that every Rhapsody in Blue is so strong that every other segment could have sucked and it wouldn't matter see that's interesting I didn't love Raps- the Rhapsody in Blue uh, one as much I liked it a lot uh, you haven't spent enough time in New York true it's, it's definitely what it is like I'm a, that, that might be true the opening chord <laughs> I mean of, that is true the opening notes of that fucking mm-hmm. segment the glissando I, I'm like oh. no guys I, just, <laughs> just let me be very let me be, be very clear I love the song it's gotta be public domain I right uh, let's, you want to play? It? Let's test it scene. out. Oh, <laughs> let's let's see if the but, let's see if the Gershwin estate comes after us. <laughs> There's two things. The first is, yes, I love I love the song. It's that of of the of the sequences. It's the one with the least amount of story to me. It doesn't really have much of a story. Well, so I, we, should, we should do we should do 20 minutes on just that because I disagree with you. Okay, yeah, okay. we're gonna do each of the segments. I'm just yes. speaking to the fact that 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 one in particular was not the one that hit me the hardest. I loved the music, the animation. I understand that it was an old, it was vintage animation and all of that. The Hirschfeld style, yeah. So I understand all of that. I liked it. I mean, it just, it wouldn't be my favorite. It's not my favorite either. It also makes me think of Manhattan. Is this segment playing? Because I'm... And and by Manhattan, I mean the city. I mean... I'm just playing the movie. A general Gershwin performance of of Rhapsody in Blue. Oh, boy. It's so good. It's great, but it makes me also think of the beginning of the movie Manhattan. Oh. Yeah, it's great. Come after us. <laughs> bring it on. Bro, bring you, it on. You get 30 seconds, by bring, the way. There's no way this is in public domain. It's, it's, I'm just saying you are allowed to play 30 oh. seconds of any song without being charged for it. Well, we're on 35 right now. But either way, I did I like it. I want to. This, this, is, this is something that I think is, uh, is interesting to talk about, which is, and this folds into Tarzan as well, which came out in 99, which is that this is an. Inf- Phil Collins going so hard. So hard. And, with, and like, here's six songs. Don't give a shit if they have anything to do with your story. Here's six songs. But, <laughs> I was talking to somebody about yeah. this recently, and he was like, I feel like. Tarzan was like supposed to be a musical and then they heard Phil Collins sing the songs that he wrote and they were like no Phil just do it just, just that's just what it was it, 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 I mean truthfully <laughs> he wrote songs yeah. in a silo and then they were like I guess we'll just use these in the movie 
Um, but but all that being said, <laughs> it's an inflection point in Jimmy terms Buffett of Tarzan. in terms of the <laughs> Sorry. in terms of the animation, which is that they started to use computers in their animation in a way that they mm-hmm. hadn't before. Um, obviously, Pixar is this other thing, but you can see it in the whales. You can see it in um, Tin Man, the Tin Man one as well, where you can see they're really trying this out and seeing what they can do with it. Yeah. Um, and I think it works to beautiful effect on both of those films. I think that the that the uh, I don't know what they called it in Tarzan, but like when you're going down the the various ropes and the yeah. various branches it and looks stuff like great. that, it looks fucking great. So that stuff is really impressive, and I think the whales look beautiful. I think that the Tin Soldier a little less so. Well, the character design is just not great. Yeah. Like the com- yeah. most compelling character in that is the horrible Jack in the Box monster, which is horrifying. It's really oh, scary. I love the. the I love that. Oh my! I mean, I love him, but exactly. he's bad. <laughs> <laughs> But he's bad. I'm in a bit of an abusive relationship with the Tin Soldier. He's like, I, I could make him good though. No. If I'm with him enough, I can turn. You know, I think I. I love, stop harassing ballerinas. I love this. I love the simplicity of the design. I love. I love the. Oh, sure, uh, sure. I love the simplicity of his facial movements and you know just the eyes, nose, and mouth. I think it's really beautiful. Can I also um, just say that the ending of the Hans Christian Andersen story. Yeah. Is real dark. What is it? The so at the end of that every every fucking one of his stories yeah. ends yeah. in the worst place. So possible. this one ends yeah. this one ends with the the Jack in the Box goes in the fire. Yeah. In the story, the tin soldier and the girl both get blown into the fire <gasps> and they both are consumed by fire oh, and no. die and there's a little tin heart and her ribbon. Oh my. And the and the Jack in the Box wins. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Love wins. <laughs> Sure. I'm not making a joke. (laughs) I'm actually feeling the Hans Christian Andersen sounds so much better. No, I know it's beautiful. I I I don't disagree with you. It's like the end. It's like the end of Julian Donkey Boy. (laughs) Oh, that was an inelegant segue. If that was, did you really think that they were similar? I think the end of Julian Donkey Boy is beautiful and tragic. Yeah, I agree that it's. I think it's beautiful. I think it's like shocking and amazing. It is shocking. Um, no, I do. I, and I, tragic, and 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 also only, I mean, only the only point I'm true. making is it's it's not afraid. Like I that's like, true. And that segment, but they would never do that in a Disney movie. Yeah, um, Little well, Mermaid the, the same is, like, way, right? Is the only place where they would do that. That's I feel like. that's sort of where I feel and like they might have been able to have done it in one of the seven segments. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, Little Mermaid is a Hans Christian Andersen novel book story too that. Actually ends with her like mm-hmm. killing herself. Yeah, in the original and Disney, you know, ends with that incredible scene when she says goodbye to her father. Let's I, keep going <laughs> on the on the Rhapsody in Blue sequence. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It contains so many different. Defend your indefensible opinion. No, no, no. I, I'm actually just going to give a little bit of trivia about it, which I think is interesting. And I'm not going to. Just to be clear, I liked it. No. <laughs> Don't defend yourself. Um, but the, just, yeah. just sit there. Let let us dunk on you. <laughs> Just nonstop, um, Kobe. <laughs> it contains so many colors, over 200 colors, uh, that the system had trouble rendering it. So it oh, actually wow. caused delays in the production of Tarzan, which I think is interesting. Um, Rhapsody in Blue caused delays in Tarzan? Shit. Hmm. So there you go. Uh, Got no there has been that. development yeah. on a third Fantasia that. that started in 2002. Um, under the working title Fantasia 2006. Mm, a, little less, that, yeah. uh, <laughs> a little less interesting. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have the same je ne sais quoi <laughs> and uh and yeah it, it was cancelled so they've uh they've actually just 
Fantasia uh, 201. It got a lot of handsy with an intern. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I just no. think that some of the some of the segments have no. been turned into shorts. No. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the segments have been turned into shorts, and they've yeah. added to other things. Uh, so, all right, Rhapsody let, Blue, go. Phil. Let's no, we're gonna <laughs> let's go through them in fucking sequence. Okay, it's fine. My God. All right, the whales fly. Rhapsody the whales. Blue. No, no, no. It starts with Symphony Number no. Five. Yeah. Oh, I don't even love that one. That's I liked it. It's I thought nice. it was pretty. Yeah. Okay. It's the so it's abstract like patterns paper. and shapes that yeah. resemble butterflies, mm-hmm. which fold into the final one as well. You can sort of see mm-hmm. that there's a mirror of those two two things, which is nice. It also feels like kind of the closest callback to a lot of the Fantasia original the stuff. The original Because there is a lot yes. of kind of just visual things happening when things in the music happen yes. in Fantasia. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Um, This Fantasia 2000 is not so abstract. And also not as connected, to your point, to actual beats of the music yeah. in the same way. It doesn't seem as shackled to the actual mm-hmm, pattern. Well, there's also no narrative whatsoever. Yeah. Right. So and it, part of the beauty of Fantasia to me is is reverse engineering the narrative to marry the yeah. the piece. You never see that in movies, obviously. No, yeah. For sure. So um, it, it me- using Beethoven's Fifth in this way – Kind of means nothing to me. Anybody can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody would do this. Frankly, it happened. It's happened all the time where you put some light show or something to mm-hmm. set to a piece of classic music. That's not that interesting. It's it's the finding, like particularly in the Tin Soldier one, finding a compelling compelling narrative to match a piece of music. Very exciting. Yeah. No. I I, I agree. I, this was. I think it was a nice aperitif. To yeah. start it, I think it's a nice That's little a really thing good way of putting it of just sort of like warming you up to sort of what it's going to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Um, so then the next one is Pines of Rome, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, the humpback whales, uh, which I thought was beautiful. I mean, I really loved the story of this. It's basically this this uh, baby whale um, who gets separated from his family in an iceberg. Um, just the visuals of it are just really, really stunning. Like, this was the one that really was like, holy shit, yeah. the potential of this. This is really working for me. I don't know how you felt about it, but I don't. I, the thing, the only thing I think that gets me about the sequence is I don't like the CGI. Like it doesn't look good on a home media. Like I'm sure it looks good in the theater, and there's some interesting things like where the whale bodies are CG, but yeah. their eyes are 2D animated, which yeah. I love. Yeah, I but, love that too. Like the bodies look weird in contrast with like the colors that they're using for the background. Mm-hmm. Like something just doesn't sit right there to me. Well, there is a separation for sure. Yeah, which is there's there. It's pretty clear that the the, the mats mm-hmm. that they're on are hand drawn, and yet the actual. So there's this also push like and pull Pines going of Rome on. is just not really that it's, interesting. It's not a banger. A no, <laughs> it doesn't. It's, it doesn't slap. It doesn't go off. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, fair. I, I will say though, retire. <laughs> he's dead. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I would say he's very dead. Yeah, no. I do it like was, the, it. Was a great joke. <laughs> I didn't even know who, who composed the piece of music, so I had to get that through my head before I laughed at you. Um, then, then I had to get the reference to retire. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant show construction. <laughs> If I was a little just quicker and a little more knowledgeable, I would have laughed so hard. Thank you so much, Kenny. Instead, I'm just going to tell you how great it was. <laughs> I will say that this – I think the, the reason that maybe this piece hit me as hard as it did is, is the – it's a perfect amount of surrealism yeah. to what they're doing. This when when the whales start to fly and actually like basically go off into space, it's it's just really beautiful. And mm-hmm. it it's really sort of it's the I, for me anyway, it was the moment where it was like, oh, the the potential of what they can do yeah. within these shorts yeah. is is really boundless. And you sense that. Um now sometimes they don't I mean fucking 
Donald is, you know, Noah. He's Noah's assistant. Whatever. Which is, like, even more insulting. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, you know what I mean? Like, this was the one where I was like, oh, fuck. Like, if they keep doing this, I'm in. Um, And and for the most part, I feel like they do – it's got a nice range. I think that of the course – I think there's eight segments, if I'm not mistaken. There's a real range. Yeah. Yeah. That that I think is really nice. Mm -hmm. And I think that it shows – you know, different flavors, which which I liked. Um, Rhapsody in Blue. Let's fucking do Rhapsody so in Blue. It's so good. Rhapsody so in Blue, good. like, genuinely one of the best songs ever written. As For soon sure. as the ending kicks in and, like, the whole orchestra comes back in, it's like, what the fuck? Like, what's gonna, what's better than this, literally? I, like, I, I uh, completely agree. So this is your number one, both of you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Or, no, I mean. I, honestly, my number one was uh, the Tin Soldier. Ooh. But the Steadfast Tin Soldier. Um, that being said, like these are these are one and one a. I think Rap Rap Blue is the one I'm ex- like. I didn't. I, part of it is like I've watched Fantasia 2000 a few times, two times yeah. with my kids, and Rap City Blue's always been the main event for yep. me. Right, the one I was looking forward to. I will. Yeah, I it's could the watch one it. that I like. Look up on YouTube every now and then. Yeah, it's it's doesn't look like anything else. Doesn't look like anything else I've ever seen animated. That is truly like the best piece of music I can mm-hmm. think of. Um, it also so evocative of New York. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> the, also, the other thing I was watching, I was like, oh, this is like maybe slightly sexist and racist. But the, I mean, like, it's still. <laughs> well. Sexist and racist? Well, because, well, I mean. <laughs> let's, let's, let's dunk on Phil. <laughs> and then, and then let's. Why? And then, and then I want to, yeah. and, and then what I want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah. I deserve that. Yeah. You don't like this. So. I do. <laughs> I just don't like it as much as you All guys. Right, so the, I, I do want to talk, I do want to talk about your, what you were saying, Karen. But um, there is a story here. Yeah. There's like a very clear story about. And the whole thing about like, the, like unfulfilled ambitions yeah. and like dreams of something better and like what you want. You're, you're ah. turning me around on it. I'm, I'm, really, like, I'm not against you don't it. You do love it. But seriously, I'm I not lo- against but it. But I love the New York of it too, right? I always, you know, every time I'm in New York, I, I, I have this like really strong feeling about someone lives in every one of these apartments. Mm-hmm. Someone, you know, is in every one of these cars. Someone is in this city. Uh, it has nothing to do with like this, you know, I have big dreams. It's really yeah. just like we are all very close together trying to get through our days. Yeah. And just trying to live. Just trying to live. And we're so, in such close proximity <laughs> to so many other people yeah. who are doing things we're not doing. Right? Yeah. I, good, bad, or whatever, but like, you know, kind of couched in like that person's living that dream, that person's living that dream. And I thought the sequence where they're all imagining themselves as ice Uh, skaters and thinking about kind of what they could do, what their lives could be as like basically they're building buildings or they're whatever, failing at ballet class. Um, It's incredible. And then with the, you know, kind of the decrescendo and the music at that point um, and that powerful ending, it's, I don't know. I mean, I do think it's like an incredible piece of yeah. art. And like the, the, the scale of ambitions that they're talking about too. Like the one guy like wants to be a drummer and like ends up yeah. in the club and the one guy like just wants a job and he clocks in for the fucking night shift and that makes him happy. Yep. And it's, ah, it's so good. It is. And it, it, it is. It's so and it's so unlike the other one. So like the thing with the whales that it's cool but and it's very cool. It's great looking. I'm happy they did it, and I do appreciate that they kind of push the bounds of what to expect from the animation here. Um, whales flying is not the most incredible idea. I mean, okay. Well, 
as soon as we I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride like, for uh-uh. the whales for a second because I think that part of you it do a little whale riding, a little whale riding, a little, 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 little whale rider, little Keisha, Keisha Castle Hughes over here. The reason is that I think, I think you're Keisha Castle Hughes is the reason that I maybe you guys are giving Rhapsody in Blue is a fucking great song. It's an incredible song. So it's impossible for this yeah. not to fucking work. Now, it doesn't work for me on, on an animation level and on a story level in the same way. I love it. I love the music. It's undeniable. The whales thing to me is something I've never seen before. Yeah. And and I just – it it's, it's music I've never heard before. It's animation I've never seen before. And it just it, – it, it was more powerful to me in that regard. The song Rhapsody in Blue is always going to be powerful. Is it your number one? The whales? What? Uh, it would be that or, or the Tin Soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought both of those were just, for me personally, I also, not a New Yorker. I'm sorry. I so think also I don't have the point, same affinity. Though, um, yeah. Uh, the thing about Rhapsody was like, we're, we're talking about where like the music is like so tied to the yeah, narrative yeah. and things like happen on beat because that's what the music demands mm-hmm. where like the whales really escapes that right like it does more just evoke the mood rather than demanding each right. action beat whereas in Rhapsody in Blue it is very tied to what's going on and builds the narrative out of that and I think also just you know not, not to not to beat a dead horse but um, I, I do think that the surrealism of it is just I just found it far more just emotional for me mm-hmm. uh, well that's I, what this that's what Fantasia that, is about yeah it, so, yeah. it really it's is a about, Fantasia it's a Fantasia <laughs> <laughs> it is a Fantasia guys um, Karen uh, racist and sexist yeah slightly well like the whole like stereotype of like the Harridan wife mm-hmm. and right, also right. I don't I don't know if I was like maybe reading too much into it but I was like is the one African American character animated maybe like a little too stereotypically but I don't know it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss I had the same I had the same like you know a little pit in my stomach it's kind of impossible to ignore yeah you know that there is something there that you know feels a little dated um, and a little I don't want to get too into it but but a little more problematic times for sure I also think and this is like another kind of thing that I don't want to get too far into um, the Gershwin thing is kind of a weird thing too. Yeah, you know, like Gershwin. I don't know enough about him. Well, like Gershwin, Gershwin trafficked a lot in in kind of lower class black stereotypes. Okay, like Porgy and Bess is kind of his most well known uh, okay. musical, and like it's very sympathetic and, or empathetic, really. Um, and in some respects, it treats these char- it treats those characters as three dimensional people, and it's really 
you know, kind of powerful piece. And on the other, on an, another respect, why the why are you telling this story, George Gershwin? <laughs> you know, so like in, yeah. ni- in 1920 or whenever it was it was made, 1925 or something along those lines. Like no one thought that way, but today. You just gotta gotta go with it, and that's kind of hard, I think, in some respects, to just accept to just like t- turn your ni- 2019 brain off, sure, and remember that we weren't always as woke for yeah. right, right, right. for lack of a better term. But yeah, I I do think that we'd kind of be remiss not to acknowledge that there are some some issues. issues yeah, there. I was watching it; it was just like a uh huh moment yeah. where I was like, this is still an amazing piece of work, right. Um, the next piece is uh, Shostakovich Europe. with the uh, Steadfast Tin Soldier by Hans Christian Andersen. Uh, broken toy soldier with one leg falls in love with a toy ballerina and protects her from an evil jack-in-the-box. You know, that old chestnut. <laughs> um, and Who looks like both Frollo and the Jester <laughs> yeah. in Hunchback combined. Frollo, that's a, that's a good call. Yeah. I, I like Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. It's great. I, I think – I mean – it's got problems. Not a great adaptation of the oh, classic, no. classic <laughs> no. literature. It's per- but it's got divorced. some really good. Stuff, but it's got some good stuff. It's, it's specifically the villain is a really oh, re- is is really really Hellfire amazing. best song in the movie. It's a great fucking song. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll never ever do that as a live action though. I no, mean, well, like, I'm, what, I don't know. I, mean, I guess kind of really, running out. I mean, I will. I'm I'm in for for uh, uh, Del Toro's version of yeah. uh, you know of Hunchback or something like that. Probably but not I don't a think musical that, though. I, he might. Yeah. I mean, well, he's right. got his Oscar now, right? He can do whatever he, can, he, can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he's got what? that blank check. Maybe? He's got that blank check. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. He's got. I don't know what Del Toro's going to spend gonna, that blank check on. Ben just popped his head up he's when like, we said it. It's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you rang. Um, is there uh, what's left? What, what uh, Disney, no, 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 not Fantasia. What Disney movies are left Song to be? Of the oh. South. That's left. <laughs> <laughs> Pocahontas. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else? I mean. All right. So they did. Well, they're doing Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, I, it, what's happening with that? It was supposed it's to be Sophia Coppola. It's been in limbo for a while. Yeah, I don't know what's After happening. Aquaman, I think it's going to be super easy. Um, Fair. Uh, isn't everything? The best movie, Aquaman. It's so, so good. good, so good. Ben Hosley loves Aquaman. It's so good, <sighs> so good. Aquaman is my man. <laughs> <laughs> I like what Kenny, what Kenny said to me after we saw boy. it. <laughs> Kenny said that when he saw it, it might not be the best movie, but it's the most movie. Yeah, and I think oh, that that's yeah. probably the best way. It of gives it. you so much and extra, <laughs> so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's so much stuff yeah. given to you. And then all of a they're like, also there's crab people. Honestly, like, yeah. the yeah, they live, justice they live. for the Brian Kingdom. The Brian Kingdom oh, alone. Brian, yeah. The Brian King. <laughs> I know. You feel like you feel like you're just you're, like you're standing on a wharf, right, watching this movie, and some the giant wave crane. Off yeah, it just crashes. Yeah. Oh, that's you. right. That's right. Like a wave just hits you, and you're standing there like Donald, covered oh in like God. covered in like sea urchins, things that would yeah. eventually be seafood yeah. and you're soaked yeah. you're soaked, but soaking you're, wet you, yeah. you're, you're like up you're up to your like waist in like various crustaceans like sure. starfish and shit sure. and then like a giant crane comes and drops more on you <laughs> and more on you and more on you but like some are mechanical <laughs> and, like, and then you just drop into are, the center of the fucking earth yeah. and there's dinosaurs there I know it's sometimes some, some of them are oh, criminals yeah. some, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. some are like Italian <laughs> I think that movie 
is so fucking enjoyable. Yeah. I like I understand why I kicked ass. I loved every yep. second of it. Like I has anyone seen Bye. Shazam? No. Oh, I need can't to fucking see it. wait. Yeah, DC's DC's rolling. <laughs> I guess. All right, so wait, so, yeah. real fast. The Little Mermaid we're yeah. waiting on. Uh, Beauty and the Beast they did. Aladdin they did. L- little Lion they did. Dumbo they did. Maleficent they did. Alice in Wonderland they did. Mulan Cinderella, we're waiting on. We're Mulan, waiting on Mulan. Mulan is coming. I don't know what Cinderella they did. Be. As soon as there were like no songs in Mulan, I was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lilo and Stitch. Oh, I guess. Oh, I mean, wait, no, point that's in development. Oh, really? I swear to God. Okay. They're going to do everything. They're going to yeah. do everything. I mean, they haven't done Sexy Fox Robin Hood yet, but that'll happen at some point, I imagine. Ugh. I mean, yeah. it will. Lady and the Tramp, they're doing as a weird movie for yes. Disney Plus with Justin Theroux. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sounds like it. <laughs> Which, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, what else is there? Well, there's Bambi. There's, uh, <gasps> there's Pinocchio. Aristocrats. There's Cats. Aristocats. There's Black Aldrin. There's, there's still a lot. The Rescuers. There's Rescuers Down, Down Under. There's the Great Mouse, great mouse Detective. Mouse de- five. That's, that's Don Bluth. Shit. Nope. <laughs> that is, as Rollins would tell you, now a Disney movie. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because they own it. Yeah, They as, should just do it, just to oh, rub that Don, all the Don Bluth's shit. Now when my son sees fo- a Fox fanfare before uh, a Disney movie, he's yeah. six, he goes, before a Fox movie, he goes, you know, this is now a Disney movie. Yeah, like it's what? inside baseball. Yeah. Oh, my God. Were you going to say something? I just want to... I just want to say that I'd like to see a live action uh, uh, Scrooge McDuck swimming in gold. Sure. Yeah. That's all I want. Yeah. Live action. Yeah. I want to see a real, a real duck. Tank <laughs> of gold. A real duck Yo. with glasses. Yeah. I want to see a real ass swimming in gold. I would fucking kill for that. <laughs> <laughs> if you gave me an actual duck with glasses and a top hat. I yeah. feel like we must be like max five years away from duh, that. Duh, <laughs> maximum. Duh. Yeah. Also, Great Mouse Detective is underrated. No, it's good. Everybody. Radigan. <laughs> Just say Great Mouse Detective. Everybody's could, could be wrong about. I hit my mic because I was like, so excited. This new DuckTales. I don't know if people have seen DuckTales on, HD, on, on XD. I have, obviously. Um <laughs> It's fine, but it's obvious to me. This stuff is obvious. Like, I think Teen Titans is amazing. Like, and uh, Teen Titans is like the mold for all of these new, mm-hmm. like, like, like reboot things. The real thing to do is actual ducks. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> that's the move. <laughs> the fucking, you get your that man. Is so on board. You get your man, George Miller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My oh man. my God. Yeah, man, George like, Miller. Remember when you did, babe? If, yeah. you got George Miller to, if you got George Miller to babe this shit, that's insane. It would be, It'd be amazing. the best. People, I mean, I'm in for that. Once they saw, once they saw fucking Scrooge McDuck, the actual duck. <laughs> Duck in a trailer? America would be so... I'm not even yeah. kidding. I, I know you're not. <laughs> Truly. Who was the uh, film critic recently who was like, Babe was bad, and everyone was like, fuck, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been murdered. Someone... <laughs> yeah. Well, he was saying that it didn't deserve to be Best Picture. Like, he's his whole wrong. Thing was like, yeah, he's, he's absolutely wrong. Babe should have won... Should have swept at the But Oscars. here's the question. Babe best the actor. Babe. babe. Best supporting actor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the real question. For an best supporting actor, does, does ben, I <laughs> also mean, a real duck. Everyone, <laughs> oh but, but also God, yeah. everyone knows <laughs> that Babe and I'm not. I'm not it, his clip is the in the Hall of the Mountain. Also, a real, <laughs> everyone knows that Babe is 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 oh, is uh, gender neutral. He's non-binary. It's true. Best. Performance, best performance of the year. He, he just wins them all. Yeah. He just wins everything. Just wins. He sweeps. But here's the question. <laughs> Babe Pig in the City, 
Good. Better than babe. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, good. We're done. But better than better than the original. Let's do it to ninety nine. This one, Phil. <laughs> I don't know. It is. I don't... Having watched it just recently, okay, I need to watch in the it city again. The is thing is, like, my a harrowing journey <laughs> into fucking nihilism. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, the only thing I remember about Big Pipping the City is the like leather daddy sequence. What? Did I hallucinate this? Yes. Oh no! There's no leather okay. daddy sequence. I think, well, I think that's but there is a, you're there, thinking of. There is a there is a pitbull that says a murderous shadow lies There's hard something... across my soul. Oh my. Okay. Well, just I'll saying. rewatch it. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, Big Pig the City. Big Pig the City. Yes, truly one of the great movies ever made. Yes, not not making George a joke. Miller, two thumbs George up. George Miller. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I'm excited for Demi. Also, don't happy get me wrong. Feet. Good. I was wishing for some George Miller. I'm not going to lie. I am too. <laughs> Demi's going to be a roller coaster. It's going to be fun, but Mad Max is such okay, a dirty here's the bad thing. boy, the and I bad. love it. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 Demi movies are you looking forward to? I mean, Silence of the Lambs sure. is my go-to. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, I, it's I love it. Uh, I think and I haven't seen a lot of his. I other think you're going to love Married to the Mob. Married, Married to the Mob is a legit amazing. great movie. It. It's a great and movie. I'm excited. And Michelle Pfeiffer is ugh, yeah. unreal in that yeah. movie. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I haven't seen a lot. So of So mad stuff. at the blankies. They voted <laughs> they out. Voted against yeah. your yeah. Who See, who did, who the did, thing that I'm fucking mad about is that there's always like four directors who are going to make it through the top four. Why do you pit my boy Gore against everyone fucking else? If you know. Yeah, can, we, can we get the levels down? What's going on here? I can't hear you. <laughs> Only dogs can hear you. Right I, but no, but but the thing is, like, I desperately want to know what you're saying. <laughs> so, so repeat it in a less high pitch without blowing up the mic. Gorbovitsky should have won. The election oh, was rigged. It was not what I thought it was going to be. Well, so off, Karen. Gore. Can I ask a question about Gore? Yes, please. Is that your man? Yeah, he's my man. Number one guy. Yeah. All right. Okay. Except maybe PJ. Hogan? No, Jackson. Peter Jackson. Oh, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I literally could not figure out what PJ you were talking about. I was like, that you're really going to the map for PJ Hogan? What if that was what yeah, I, was I was going like, to the map for? I'd would be, not surprise me, I'd just be, for the record. I'd be so into a Peter Jackson one without Lord of the Rings. Here's my thing. <laughs> Here's my thing. You just, really want to do, what, what is it? What film for gore is it for you? Like if you had All to pick them. one, who gives a shit? What? Cure for Wellness. I mean, that's my ride or the die most, movie. The most Karen Hahn answer that possibly could be was that <laughs> yeah. you had so many Gore Verbinski movies to pick from, and that's the one you go for. Yeah, it fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. Cure for you're, Wellness. You're, you're an amazing human. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and we are all here. That was for my it. number two movie that year. Oh wow! What year was it? 2017. <laughs> what was number one? Lost City Z. Oh, Lost City of Zed. Is it? Wait, is that like the <laughs> for the Canadians? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that is how it's supposed to be said. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen it? No. It's genuinely I hear it's, one of I the best. I hear it's great. I, I do need to watch it. Yeah. 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 Cure for Wellness. Also, you should watch Cure for Wellness. Have you seen Cure for Wellness? Uh, no. <laughs> but I, I can tell you that it's not his best film, <laughs> sight unseen. <laughs> What is his? Wait, what do you think is his best film? Great question. My favorite Gore Verbinski film? It's Rango, film? right? It's not, not Rango. Although I do like Rango. Rango's good, yeah. Uh, it, it might be The Ring. Ring is great. The Ring yeah. is, is legit great. The Ring? The first Ring. Yeah. yeah. I hate that good. movie. And I w- okay. And I would also say that the first Pirates is, is legit great. It rules. It okay, rules. here's the thing. And All the three second Pirates one is insane. good. Uh, wait, thir- you're just in the first three. No, yes. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Only the first three. Right. Yeah. No, I not think, the other one. I think that the second one is 
full on Gonzo batshit, like just crazy, but it is gorgeous to yeah. look at, and it is a it's a master. He's the of master of batshit crazy. Like that's why I love him. He's up there. Yeah, you're, you're you gonna get your gore eventually. Us. They'll, yeah, they'll do. They're, they're gonna do gore. Uh, we'll gore it up. <laughs> Eventually. I will murder David Sims in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Next year That's it's like incredible. Atlantic columnist David Sims. <laughs> <laughs> and it just says, you did this to yourself? <laughs> Blood on the wall. <laughs> you should have done gore. <laughs> Oh, I mean. Okay. So to get back to Shostakovich, the obvious joke is gore written over him in yeah, blood. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, his teeth have been removed. Yeah. To get back to to Fantasia two thousand very briefly. Yeah. Uh, is, no, I do want to talk about all the rest. Yes. Of so Shostakovich, I really do love this this one. Um, it's good. One of the things that I loved, and it does talk a little bit to uh, what we were talking about earlier in mm-hmm. terms of Disney not being afraid to do some stuff within the context of this film. Um, the giant rats in the sewers. They're terrifying. They're were scary. supposed to be friendly at first. Interesting. They did a whole animation of it with them friendly, and they were just like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so let's make them fucking evil. <laughs> but I just, I respect it. Like, they're fucking scary. Yeah. And I was like, yes, giant rats in the sewers trying to kill this one. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that sort of shows that they were like, we have a little bit of wiggle room with these to yeah. do some stuff that we haven't done it's before. It's just 15 minutes. Yeah. We can put a soldier in peril. Yeah. It's fine. Especially if we're going to change the ending anyway. Yeah. And we're yep. not going to have them die. Let's have giant you know, sewer rats. Um, <laughs> this is so off topic. But okay. did, you, did any of you see The Nutcracker in the Four Realms? No, but I, I saw I, I saw like 15 it. minutes of it. I thought Did it looked pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, Karen. What I love about Karen, and I mean this, is that I legitimately don't know if you're going to ride for that movie or not. It's a total crapshoot. It's like Cure for Wellness, the best Gore Oh, I and then I'm like, I Nutcracker assumed, Four Realms, maybe. I assumed you'd be riding for it. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Having seen 15 minutes, th- this entire movie. Is the that last sequence of um, of fucking Wild Wild West when they're in like that oh glass God, thing? Yes, the giant spider. That before that, when they're like with all the nation leaders yes. there, when that like yes. big glass place in the desert. That's where this entire movie takes place. Nutcrackers <laughs> in the Four Realm. And I'm like, I was watching like my kids are watching. My daughter loves it. I'm watching like 20 minutes of it with them. I'm like, wait, wait, why are people into this? Like, like it's objectively bad, but it's objectively nuts. That is true. That's it's, why it's directed crazy. by two different people. It's yeah. like it's so <laughs> yeah. it's crazy looking. You can tell. <laughs> like it's crazy looking. Like yep. the, it, it looked insane to me. I thought it would be good, but I'm never going to watch it if you tell me it's bad. I kind of <laughs> the, the, the reason that I bring it up is that the Nutcracker, like, one of the characters, is the Rat King, right? Yeah. In this movie, the Rat King, you're there's a bunch of rats around, and then they all swarm together and they form a one big rat. It's a bunch. Of, it's like a Wait, gun that rat. Called, what is that called? There's a thing for that where it actually happens. I thought right? it's called the Rat King. Because there's a thing in the. No, I'm su- not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's a real thing. We're su- we're we're rats in the thing. sewers. Yeah. Like they somehow like become sort it's of horrifying. they like Voltron or something like that. Yeah. No, that's what it is, and it's so bad to look at, especially like so in the New York critic screening of this yeah. movie. You could like we all fear the rats, and you could tell this was not the, the right rats. audience for it because everyone immediately as soon as all the rats it's, start swimming together, it's called the Rat King. Oh my and it's god, a, and it's a real fucking thing, I guys. It's real gross. You I don't want to see real, pictures of it. But I didn't realize it was actually called Rat King. Anyway, that's why I bring so it. So the, all the critics just went like, Ugh. yeah, everyone. <laughs> 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 It's sentient. Yeah. No, you, you guys, I mean, 
Yeah, don't. You should do it. No. I can see you your do face it. as no. you're scrolling you should, through. You should do it. No, I'm not you should do it. I know what you're afraid of. You should do it. I'm afraid of my own shadow. You just watched Julian Donkey Boy. You should do it. Um, so okay. the next one is Carnival of Animals, which is just kind nice of a throwaway. It's just yeah. like a cute flamingo thing. Yeah. It's very short. It's just felt like filler to me. It's got a little bit of that like Dumbo hallucinating vibe. It's got a little. I don't know if it you've does. ever it watched it's the, like the, the new Winnie the Pooh Christopher stuff. Robin. Oh no, not that. Not that. No, okay. I'm talking about. Yeah, they did Winnie the Pooh. They did another animated thing. Yeah, we, oh. Zoe Deschanel did a song for it. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is sorry, I didn't mean to poo poo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Karen doesn't like something, fuck you fucking know. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. This is the best. <laughs> this is now a three-person podcast. Phil and I have moved to New York City. Yay! Yeah, we just we live here now. <laughs> we fear the Rat King, just like you guys. <laughs> this is our like defense against the Rat King as we travel in a group. <laughs> actually, fairly serious. <laughs> So, um, okay, so the next one. I'm willing to give it all up. <laughs> I live in this studio talking about racking. risk kings. it all. Uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice is the next okay. one, which is the, the only one is, that comes over from the original. I love this so much because it's just like, play the hits. And they're like, yeah, yeah, play the hits. <laughs> <laughs> Piano Man! <laughs> the unfortunate <laughs> thing is that it's, it's introduced by Penn and Teller, and I don't fucking get Penn and Teller, and I've never understood Penn and Teller. Why is that a thing? Why? Why is this like this fun bit? To watch, I don't know. Do you like that bit? The like, I don't. He's a little like friend it. who doesn't <laughs> speak. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I, a, a little older friend, a little yeah. old man who, Pen, who hangs out with him. And Penn and Teller's shtick sucks. Okay, Penn and Teller's magic is great. Okay. Yeah, I don't know their magic. They're magicians. Magicians are all great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm, who's not? Name one. What, uh, Chris Angel? He's great. <laughs> so I think you were the, into that. the <laughs> number one amazing Burt Wonderstone fan. I think it's a terrible movie. It doesn't, <laughs> take, it doesn't take magic seriously enough. <laughs> I don't just, I'm, oh my God. I'm a big wrestling fan, but I don't like Ready to Rumble. I don't like it. Like, I don't like the Sabrina episode of wrestling where like they have a cat beat fucking a wrestler. Oh, like, Michael Buffer is in Dumbo BT Dub. I should have mentioned this. To I you don't know who that is. He's uh, the let's get ready to oh, rumble. Yeah, he says, but he says Dumbo. He's yeah, a, he, he says let's, let's get, get ready, ready to Dumbo. Dumbo. First of yep. all, that's dope. Second of, <laughs> second of all, second of all, uh, that's oh, the that, that's the real shit. I don't get down with the real shit. <laughs> I'm not in it I don't for, get down with the real shit. I'm not in it for the blood and guts. I'm in it for the pageantry. Uh, <laughs> so. That's, that's okay. incredible. But Sorcerer's, Sorcerer's Apprentice, Apprentice is so good. It's fantastic. It's also It got a little terrifying. bit of a touch-up. It's really scary. Yeah. Like, I, so, you I, know what's I, weird? I just yeah. want to make, I watch it with my kids. I'm like trying to make the point of like the first three or four, whatever, three we watched are all new. Mm-hmm. And this one's old. And I'm like, doesn't. Do, can it you tell? Holds up perfectly. Not only that, I'm like, can you tell like how the 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 first few are like more complex yes, than this yes, one? Yes, yes, yes. And my kids went, no, no, I think this one's the most complex. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, because I I think that the the hand drawn element yeah. is something that you can't it's really me. like yeah. articulate. It's and when you see it, it's so it is a living art in mm-hmm. a way that this stuff it's might better. not feel it, it really is it's gorgeous the way that the way this the beginning of it even because yeah. you talk about how like the, how your kids were like immediately into it that sorcerer and the way he's drawn is just is the eerie. way his, like body shape changes gorgeous. when he's yeah. doing magic yeah that, so good yeah that like that like early disney stuff that 30s and 40s stuff the snow white stuff in particular mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. this too also sleeping beauty it looks incredible yeah it's, it's really really stunning to look at yeah. and and it did get a little bit of a touch-up you can tell that it 
they they did a little bit of a CG, you know, touch up on it at certain sequences, but it's it is eerie when Mickey in shadows in silhouette hacks yeah. them up with a fucking axe. And then they come back to life. Wow. Like, yes. It's so funny because Rollins, you know, he's a, uh, my son. He's obsessed with violence and, and killing. Um, he's created a five-part. Like father, like son. He's, oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, and he asked me, is anyone dying in this movie? And I said, no. Are you kidding me? It's Fantasia. And then when they hacked up the when they hacked up the broom, he goes, "See, I told you, someone dies in every movie." <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's it it's really it's almost scarier in silhouette. Like had it they is. just shown it, hundred percent scarier. It's uh, the monster thing where it's, it's like so it's good. scarier when you don't see the monster. It's so good. There's also just something about the iconography of it. Mm-hmm. The just the image of Mickey and the sorcerer's hat, despite the fact that you know. We might disagree on the success monetarily of Fantasia, the original one. The imprint that it left is undeniable. Mm-hmm. And the iconography of, of him and that image, it's – I mean it's probably like what? Top three, top five Mickey images yeah. of – and you it's know like exactly him, what that is. Steamboat Willie him yes. and then Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's sort, it, it's, it feels it's like his, It's like his road alternate uniform. Basically, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like a home uniform is his like stupid shit with his like <laughs> with his gloves for no reason and his suspenders. He's a dick. Oh, uh, you like Mickey? He's back. You like his shit? His he's new back shit. Now. His new I, shit's I, good. I like Wild Mickey. <laughs> you got <laughs> you got to see. It, yeah, just look I at like Wild Mickey. Mickey. Look at look it up real what? fast because he doesn't look like classic Mickey. He's no, got, he he's got crazy eyes. He looks great. He looks. I don't. I'll look it up. He looks amazing. Clip. I'll show you after. He's got crazy eyes. He's got. He's got. He's got like he. <laughs> he's like bloodthirsty. It's awesome. And like sometimes his teeth are sharp. It's that's weird. what I'm saying. He's, he's like yeah. he's moon dog Mickey. He's, he's moon dog Mickey. Mickey. Yeah, he's moon dog Mick. Now Ben's listening. What's up? Um, um, so I, I think that I think the walking brooms are great. I love the. I also just want to say too that like the theme of this story, mm-hmm. this idea of like things getting out of control. Be careful what you wish for. It's just. Great. Like yeah. it just it just it, it it's a very clean message that's that I un- I, I believe the kids will glean well, from it. It's exactly why I only want to sell pilots, but I never want anything to get made. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm operating on the fence. There's something model. to that. The the moment the moment you actually have a show on the air, like then you have to deliver. How horrifying <laughs> that is. It's awful. So then the birds yeah. come to life. Tell me about it. Yeah. So I'd rather like the, the the best careers in Hollywood are the guys who just sell stuff over yeah. and over and over yeah. and nothing ever gets made. Yeah. And they're like, you never get. You cold. shoot a pilot never, every now and then. Shoot a pilot. Go yeah, crazy. I mean, go, a yeah, pilot. Have a pilot. But once you go to series, yeah. you could be exposed as a fraud. Yeah. I don't need people to like. Let, I don't need people to find out that there's <laughs> getting too real here. right now because I totally agree. Oh, with this you. is real. Yeah. This is what yeah, everybody yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah. It's crazy. I know people who've had yeah. 20, 25 years of careers with their names on nothing, and then like people will have like. Three-year careers where they'll like actually get something on yeah. TV. People will be like, "This guy sucks. We can't oh. give him anything else." Well, it's also it's funny because in the room we've often talked about like what the best level in terms of like uh, the hierarchy of a of a staff is. Oh, it's what you and I are living right now. Supervising producer, <laughs> no question, is the best. It's the most oh, money dream. for the least amount of responsibility. <laughs> And you just can sit there and you can be like, this is great. I keep – every time <clears throat> – Giving up all the secrets. <laughs> uh, no, but it's true. Every, I, I, I keep thinking about that when I'm like compl- mentally complaining in the room about how hard it is. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. This is the best job. I'm not responsible. I'm not running the room, so I'm not responsible for like maintaining control. Of the room, Would you have enough experience that people listen to you to a certain degree? I can talk when yeah. I want to talk. Yeah. Like I can yeah. – you know, it, that's exactly right. And like, yes, you make like good money. Your name's on the top of the show. Like – 
your t- your upper level like yeah. you can see you can fucking sell development once, we're living once, the dream phil once executive producer is attached to your name either in a co-executive or or what have you it's just like it's game over then all of a sudden they're like all up in your shit that happens and it's just if, it's, if this show comes back that happens to me like <clears throat> like imminently I, like i get that this is like a wonderful thing for me but i'm terrified yeah, <laughs> yeah. that being said uh, <laughs> just listen to the sources of Rentos like over and over <laughs> yeah. again. Uh, so wait, the next one is wait, wait. I have yes, one so, more oh, no, thing please, to please, say about Sources of Rentos, which is like, does anyone know any other piece of music by Paul Dukas? Uh, I didn't know this was his. No. <laughs> Paul, That's do, my point. Did you know? Did you know? But to be fair, did you know pieces by the rest of these? I know Shostakovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said I know Elgar. Well, were... I don't really know Respighi. That's the, I didn't. I didn't know that either. But everyone else I know. You okay. were, when you played which instrument? Beethoven, um, obviously. Yeah. I trained classically in piano. Piano. And I actually, uh, for my senior piano recital, I played the Beethoven sonata that Moondog plays in the Beach Bum. Oh, really? Yeah. To bring it full go. circle. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, uh, so the next one is Pomp and Circumstance, which we, we talked about. We've talked we about, about it. We don't really need to we talk about it much it's more. A, it's not it's zero. It's a, it's a big old goose egg. No from me, dog. Dud. <laughs> it's a dud. It's a dud. But they end on a strong note, I think. Firebird, I think, is the like, second strongest. In it's them. really beautiful to look at. They they end strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a nice message of yeah. environmentalism, I guess, sort of. And like rebirth. And rebirth. Uh and it also does, as I mentioned, it does sort of feel like it, it closes the loop a little bit on some of the imagery that they had up top in the Beethoven piece. Um, the Firebird's really fucking cool. Like, it's just really cool to look at, too. Yeah. Like, it's, I think this might be the coolest one, if that's, if that's the, the right no, moniker. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, it just has, it, it's, it's got it, the most balls, kind did, of. Did it remind you of Miyazaki at all? A little bit, yeah. yeah. That's a good, yeah, Mononoke. We, we, we it really Mononoke did for me. Recently. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely had Mononoke, had that. One of the greatest movies of all time. Oh my god, oh, we loved it's it. so fucking good. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's a movie that I mean, it's literally going to drop this week for us. But uh, we had, <laughs> but, but like five weeks ago for yeah, those listening, those right. listening. But uh, we had um, a friend who's one of the head animators from Spider Verse. Oh uh, no way! He yeah. came on, and he actually he worked for um, uh, Murakami for. Uh, Takeshi Murakami mm-hmm. wow. and it was just really interesting to hear sort of his perspective on it as well and it, it's just it's a it's a hell of a movie we could have gone on for hours and hours on that one it just felt like there was so much to unpack in it and it's we, we a, never go on for hours and hours <laughs> <laughs> but it just it felt it felt really it's just so rich to watch it again yeah I was just like all of his shit's just great he's yeah. just the best um, but yes I definitely sense that a little bit in this but in terms of story it's about a sprite who's awoken by her companion an elk and accidentally wakes the firebird a fiery spirit of destruction in a nearby volcano who destroys the forest and seemingly the sprite the sprite survives and the elk encourages her to restore the forest to its natural uh, normal state and it's introduced of course by Angela Lansbury she's so great she's just all great. the intros are like pretty good I actually they're I thought good. that I, th- I mean Penn and Teller was the only one that I didn't remember. Right. Uh, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin was great. great. Did you great. notice that like he's like post credits? Is he? Like it, I don't I'm not sure if it's like at the very end of the movie but like post like like one of those fellers things like what are you still doing here? <laughs> Go <laughs> home. Kind of yeah. Well, it's just his voice as like the credits are ending. He's still doing the like can I get a camera? Like can I get a camera? <laughs> <laughs> That that's pretty funny. They really, really got, they really did a good job of getting like they these did. venerable people. You Bette know, like Midler. Uh, Bette Midler, James Earl Jones, yeah. um, Quincy also, Jones. I truly love Isaac Perlman. Yeah, oh, so do he I. He was also he seems so genuine. He just seems like a nice guy. He, just, like, do you follow him on Twitter? No, I didn't know. He doesn't you. tweet a lot. But Pretty sure he got good. me too, but what are you going to do? No, did that's he? James yeah. Levine, I think. Whoa, I was joking. <laughs> no, James Levine yeah. got me too? Yeah, yeah, that's why he's out at the Met. Shit. 
So James Levine, for those listening, is the fucking main guy in this, in this yeah. movie. Well, because he was shit. the classical guy for <clears throat> sorry for such a long time. Wow, he's the main star of this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were doing a Me Too movie the whole time. The whole it's time. like did not get Me Too because he's a good boy and I love him. Yeah, he's dope. It's one of Karen's boys. God. Yeah, he is. Karen's oh boys. Karen's boys. Um, boys. And then boys. it basically so the I, I thought the animation on the dust mm-hmm. you could tell there was potentially a little bit of computer generated yeah. going on there, but it was it, I it's felt really like it was very organic, yeah. very very seamlessly integrated. It looked really beautiful, um, and it just ends on a, on a really just uh, on on a a big beautiful note. Yeah. Like just the that's sort of I think the best way for them to 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 end it. Yeah. Um, I do love that they were like we have to make the elk dreamy somehow the elk also the, the elk, elk. Made me, yeah the elk made me think about princess mononoke for sure yeah that oh, the, yeah. the 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 god of the whatever it yeah. was but it's creepy there's no doubt to me that this was directly influenced by not necessarily mononoke but by miyazaki's work yeah it yeah just, i would it agree feels though. like it yeah uh should we should we rate this i don't know are we, are we gonna do a little Julian? Yeah, we'll do some Julian. Oh, you want to rate this and jump I say into we Julian? Do this and then are, are you cool <laughs> jumping into Julian with this? All right, this, let's do it. All right. I say we do it. Why not, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We're, 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 we're the ball. Ben's clearly ready. We're the exec. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do some Julian in a second. We're the supervising uh, producers right, of this I'm, podcast. I'm ready. You ready? Yeah. Uh, so let's just rate this one first because I don't. Do you want to do a quick uh, rundown of zero of um? Yeah, well, I, so yeah, from yeah, zero yeah. to ninety nine, mm-hmm. zero is the lowest. Fifty is the threshold with which you re- <laughs> you know recommend this. Uh, if you saw it in ninety nine, which I don't think you saw this in ninety nine, or I did you? I have no recollection. Okay. about. So uh, if you did, we'd ask you to rate it then. Yeah. Otherwise, we rate it before the podcast and after the podcast mm-hmm. in case the podcast changed your opinion in one way or the other. Ninety nine, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, it's great. It is well, great. Maybe like ninety eight. If you're like, oh, I like classical music, but also if you. Well, well, what do you? Yourself. What do you give it a ninety nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. that's our first ninety nine. Yeah, really? There's, there's some people coming in like. No, like, I love to love stuff. Love to love. <laughs> like I genuinely love that track. Just go all the way in. Yeah. Yeah. You're basically a binary zero or ninety nine. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The most <laughs> Karen statement ever. I, I like love to, like to love stuff. <laughs> I love to love stuff. Uh, so I did see this in ninety nine, um, and I don't think I liked it as much then. Uh, I don't think I had the the reverie or, or the lens with which to really. So I give it a sixty in ninety nine. Yeah. Uh, I'd give it now an eighty eight. Oh, that's good, Phil. I mean, I, I really really loved it. And after this podcast, I think I'd go up to a ninety. Yay! Um, I don't love it as much as you guys. <laughs> I saw it, and I, I definitely saw it earlier in my life. So earlier in my life, I think sixty five is probably right. I do think it always felt a little bit like homework, but I always loved Rhapsody in Blue. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I gave it a seventy six after watching it. I'm not going to go that much higher. I normally go a little higher out of deference. I was looking at out the of- Letterboxd ratings recently, and it looks like this, where like I gave five stars to so much bullshit. <laughs> 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 that's awesome that's amazing um i'm, I'm go- I, I usually yeah i was gonna say i give i move up a little bit of deference to the guest but i i think you know that i have fond feelings for you so i don't have to do that uh, it's <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's okay. i'm gonna say 76 i think it's an i think it's an amazing achievement but i really did like i didn't Our mention it's over I, I think pomp and circumstance <laughs> is very bad is that what's bringing it down? and i think, I think um, that's and that's fair i i think it's very yeah. well, you, the ones i loved i really yeah loved. i think it was very bad and i i was i was a little <laughs> worn out by the end to be honest like i was kind of just wanting firebird to be over really so and i think right. like actually to me it's like it's a three it's a th- there are three that rock the whales are really good 
the Rhapsody Blue is really good. The Tin thing is really good. And the rest are pretty not that great. For Sorcerer's me. Apprentice doesn't count. Oh, Sorcerer's Apprentice is great. But yes. Yeah, so I think it's a four-picture It's a four picture right. show. Play the hits. Play the hits. I think, they, <laughs> I, think they, I think those four kick ass. The other four, not so great. 76. Yeah, all right. All right. Take it to the bank. Okay. okay. Take it to the bank. So Julian, a 420. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can smoke to this movie, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So Julian Donkey Boy, <laughs> here we are. Um, so I'm going to start with a synopsis, and by that I'm going to read the one sentence that Google has dedicated to the synopsis of this film. Shit! All it says is Harmony Corrine's experimental drama about a disturbed young man and his nightmarish family life. That's all they have to say about it, and that's all right. very succinct. It's very succinct. I mean, so let's zero to ninety-nine. This one, I, I want to just go straight to zero. <laughs> here's, here's, I just want to give a little bit of context. Uh, Julian Donkey Boy opened on October eighth, nineteen ninety-nine, in one theater in Los Angeles. It went on to make eighty-five thousand dollars on a million-dollar budget. Uh, it was unceremoniously sort of removed from theaters. Julian Donkey Boy has twenty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and seventy-two percent from audiences. That might be the largest discrepancy. It also, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, uh, there aren't a lot of top critic reviews, yes, but they're correct. generally a lot more favorable. I agree. Ebert so, quite liked this movie. Yeah. Oh, really? He really did. He and I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of his review because I think it actually gives a little bit of context. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, the experience of seeing a movie like this is shocking for most moviegoers, and while some are stimulated by it, most resist and resent it. That's as it should be. No movie is made for everybody. Julian Donkey Boy is hardly made for anybody. It seems at first to be merely a jumble of Discord images, uh, freaks shot by the Blair Witch crew. But then, if you stay with it, a pattern emerges from the jumble. You understand first of all that the point of view is that of a schizophrenic person. Secondly, that the family is dysfunctional into any outside observer but functions in its own way for its members. Third, the story is filled with genuine emotion and even love. The movie is dedicated to Corinne's uh, schizophrenic uncle. An opera aria plays in snatches throughout the film, and when it swells up at the end, it is a lament for the suffering of its characters. The odds are good that most people will dislike this film and be offended by it. For others, it will provoke sympathy rather than scorn. You know who you are. Yeah, Phil, Phil, you know who you are. (laughs) Before we do anything else... Shots fired. Before we do anything else... Ben, you were the guest for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's up? <laughs> so we're, we're, we're doing a couple things here. One, we're moving right into the second episode. This is going to be Fantasia 2000 slash Julian Donkey Boy. <laughs> it's going to be great. With Karen Everyone's Han favorite and, episode. and Ben Hosley. Second, <laughs> secondly, secondly Karen, you are now our third co-host on this episode. Yes. Uh, and, and third, no one is no one is now manning the board because Ben, you are our guest. <laughs> and Ben, where were you in 1999? Oh my God, I was in a place. I just started doing drugs. <laughs> in quite a place myself. Where, where so, physically were you? Mentally, I don't I was, know. It was in New Jersey. Literally in a ditch. Uh, 1999, I was a freshman in high school. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I, yeah, I was like, this movie encapsulates sort of my vibe. Really? At that time. Okay. Because I grew up in a a pretty low low class town. What town was it? Uh, It's Lincoln Park. Okay. So it's uh, outside of Patterson, New Jersey. So Aww. right near here. Yeah, pretty close. Like yeah. uh, 30 minutes outside of Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so the the group of friends I had and the culture and the pre-internet time, like this movie 
it felt like I was, you know, and I, I embrace the scummery of my life. So to me, seeing this movie is like a reminder of what it was like in the late 90s for me. Interesting. Yeah. So you saw this film back then, do you think, or no? No, I actually just I, – because I love – like Army as soon Korean. as you guys yeah, yeah. asked me, I was like, Korean's my, my man. <laughs> uh, I've never seen this movie. I saw oh, okay. it because um, Beach Bum – yeah. Uh, yeah, came out and the Metrograph is doing a retrospective, so I was able to oh, see cool. it on okay. the big screen. You uh, saw so, this on the big screen, yes. What so, did so, it look uh, like projected? Better? Yeah, it looked good. Because I, yeah, I, 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 bet I, it I mean, I don't know what it's like to see at home comparatively, mm-hmm. but yeah. like it looks so good, and it was such a interesting experience to it's, see it. It, on it is the big a screen. visually very interesting film. Yeah, because he shot it on digital, then converted it to film. Sure. And then obviously I think you probably saw a digital projection, but maybe you saw I don't know if he they converted shot it. it again. So he did it twice. So, so he, it has this so like it was uh, very interesting it was mini D V okay. to sixteen to thirty five. Okay. And that was done on purpose to make it look this shitty. Yeah. Right. Um to make it look this like and I, I and, the yeah. the aesthetic to me was just so dead on this idea of like if it if it was made today, you'd make it with an iPhone. That'd be fine. It would look like Tangerine, and like I would like be be, be cool with that because everyone in the world is a fucking iPhone now. But if you're <laughs> if you're gonna shoot this movie at this time in this world in this class from this guy's point of view, it had to look this fractured. It had to I look agree. this messy. So, at the sure. context too of seeing the home movie quality of the 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 the, the film, grain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it 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 there's something about that. I it it like. does. I mean, it it somehow goes like so far past sort of what we expect from an aesthetic that it becomes beautiful in its own totally. way. Totally, that's exactly like, how I, I felt. I think yeah. it just it goes like right off the edges of what we expect a movie to look. That's like. the entire yeah. movie. You just you just nailed. It. <laughs> so you like this movie the most because you just nailed what the movie is. It goes so fucking far beyond yeah. what you'd expect to see in a theater. Yeah. That it actually it actually pushes you to a place where you're really comfortable. I would by the end of it, I was comfortable living in this world. I thought this would be the most boring, grueling, miserable experience. Sure. And by like minute like sixty, I'm like, oh, I, I I can watch Werner Herzog do this forever. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, in fairness, uh, sure. I can watch Werner Herzog do anything forever. I can watch the guy go up the stairs on his arms forever. <laughs> like there's like I can like. I, there's just like shit. There, there's shit in this movie. Like even uh, you and Bren, Brenmer's performance, which would never happen today because you can't really you can't cast a guy to do that today. No, Have, no knowing people who suffer from this condition in, in the in the real world, that's what it's like. I, it's, I I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I, I mean, and just to be clear, I just found it to be a challenging movie, and oh, it's, it's yes. challenging you. Yeah, and and. Maybe there's certain challenges that I'm up for and certain challenges that I might not be as up for. So this was this was a tough this was a harrowing movie to sit through. This is such a young man's like <laughs> yeah. art. Yeah. Like piece of art. Yeah. Cause it's so, yelling at you. It's yelling at you. It's <laughs> well, like you have to listen yeah. to me. Yeah. Kind I mean, of I like think that's yeah. part of why I found the beach bump so interesting, because it's such a polar opposite to this movie. Yeah. Like you can tell yeah. I, I don't remember who it was I was talking to, but he was saying, like, yeah, Harmony Curran's like old and a dad now. And that is why oh, like the beach bump can exist. Because he's yeah. like 
Which is why it I think it's different. so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Beach Bum? I, Beach so Bum's so nice. I've seen every movie. No, I haven't seen Trash Humpers, and I would watch it now. I'm I, putting on boxing gloves, by the way, I, for the listeners. Yeah. I never, <laughs> I never I'm would. I'm in Ben's corner of the ring <laughs> with up, like the towel. <laughs> so up until, up until Julian Donkey Boy, my, my experience with Army Corinne is, I think Spring Breakers is one of the great movies of all time. Oh, so good. I yeah. think uh, Gummo is one of the grossest movies of all time. But also the best. I, I would re- I would reassess it now after like this Julian Donkey Boy experience. Sure. I think King, mm-hmm. I think Kids is an incredible cultural artifact that's super important and I've never seen Trash Humpers um, <laughs> which I would watch now mm-hmm. after like after seeing this and kind of feeling Can I ask like one I'm other dying. piece of Harmony Cur- of his filmography? Yeah. Where do you rank his cameo in Good Will Hunting? Where, where, where's <laughs> What? He, so he has a He's, cameo in Good Will Hunting really? when, when Matt Damon is arrested and he's calling Minnie Driver. Yeah. A guy goes by. Oh, He's shit. like, hey, Irve, what yeah, are you up to? He pulls his up. shirt up yeah. and he like points at his nipples or something like yeah. that. And he's like, hey, man. And that's that's it. That rules. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's above gummo. That's like, yeah. So basically, basically, I thought this was, I don't even remember where I was going with this. Uh, Beach Bomb is really fucking boring and it's lame. So good. But okay. But I want to. I, 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 I want to. I mean, it's so like. Just like it's, it's like someone kind of. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you either pump, like it or you don't. Yeah, I guess it's like it's, which I guess is true of all of us. Meandering, it's yes. wandering. It's yeah. kind of like it is it's shaggy. It's, as much least. as everyone says this is his most focused movie, that's not saying a lot. No, it's because not. it's still sort of just yeah. like yeah. it's free, uh, freewheeling. Yeah. But I, I the just whole... it, the sense of humor and. The Werner has some fucking lines in this oh, movie. He's talking about I'm talking the bum. Beach bum. Oh, sorry. I'm yeah. just defending We're still bum. talking bum, bro. I'm just talking bum. <laughs> and I just want to say I know it's like shaggy and meandering, and it, but it still so goes good. somewhere. It still has a, 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 a beginning and an end, and yeah. I think more people need to support Beach Bum. I agree. Moon Dog. Everyone's 2019 is my man. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say one other quick thing. Um, to just, uh, I have a the, bad feeling about the Beach the, Bum. I feel like I'm going to, I feel like in like 15 years, <laughs> people are going to be talking about Moon Dog the way people talk about fucking the dude right now, and I'm going to be like, oh, shit. oh yeah, I always loved the Beach Bum. I was, <laughs> I, was like, I was, I was on board from the beginning. Uh, yeah. You're going to be whack. in a onesie, and you're going to realize your mistake it's gonna happen Here's pretty some soon yeah. oh, he I mean, now to... i need to see it i should you see it i will i will go and see it's it so good. i just want to connect uh real quick back to good old hunting because i think the gus van sant connection is an interesting connection mm. to make because i think that there's something in gus van sant's work that harmony corinne is kind of pulling from a little bit you know if you look at elephant you look at some of his films that are a lot more experimental um what was the one in the woods Something anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> point is that Gus Van Sant, you know, vacillates between like trying to make big studio entertainment uh, or at least Oscar Beatty things and weird art projects. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Harmony Corrine appears in Goodwill Hunting doesn't shock me. Like those two guys do sort of kind of. There's a Venn diagram of those two guys that I yeah. sort of understand. Yeah, and, and honestly, Lars von Trier is kind of yes yeah. around that yes. area yes, too. Yes, yes, yes. So I kind of see. I feel bad about how much I like Lars von Trier. You shouldn't, because I think some of his films are brilliant. Yeah. And this is a good time to talk about the Dogma 95 thing. Do you know about Dogma 95? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're all about the Dogma I know what I live it. They had the uh, certificate. Moon Dog in, yeah. uh, intro oh, in the intro of the movie. Yeah, it's, it's, on the, it's on the... Phil, do you have it ready yeah. to go? I do. I have you, the, I'm going to read, read the rules yeah. of Dogma Ooh. 95. 
shooting must be done on location. Props and sets must not be brought in. If a particular prop is necessary for the story, a location must be chosen where the prop is to be found. The sound uh, you must can find never a dead baby in a probably. <laughs> uh, the sound, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That was amazing. A high five. Uh, The sound must never be produced apart from the images or vice versa. Music must not be used unless it occurs where the scene is being shot. The camera must be handheld. Any movement or immobility attainable in the hand is permitted. The film must be in color. Special lighting is not acceptable. If there is too little light for exposure, the scene must be cut or a single lamp must be attached to the camera. Optical work and filters are forbidden. The film must not contain superficial action. Murder, weapons, etc. must not occur. Temporal and geographical alienation are forbidden. That is to say that the film takes place here and now. Genre movies are not acceptable. The film format must be Academy 35mm, and the director must not be credited. Murder's not acceptable. Murder's not acceptable. First thing that happens in this movie is a murder. It's a weird thing, though, because it's not clear. Oh, it's clear. No, I don't think it's clear. I don't think it's clear at all. You don't think he murders he might, but uh, well, I, I only gleaned that after I, reading about but, it later. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get that doesn't, impression. Doesn't he bury the body and like kind of read it? It's but it's less, the yeah. POV less is from the kid, yeah, and you're but, not really seeing. But after that, he, he's like the body's buried. He's like reading the last rites. Like that's yeah. the, the next move. Again, I don't know if the body's buried. <laughs> I don't know if the body's buried. I know he is he's, digging something and covering something in dirt. As someone who knows a lot about holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Don't in another burying, burying jeans, for instance. Uh, yes, I'm uh, yeah. sort of an expert yeah. on this. I would say it's not clear. It's not clear. It's not clear. No. I, I think it's I think it's intentionally unclear. Okay. Right. To meet right. the that, Dogma 95. Well, that's criteria. also helpful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. For the for, for the, the movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Because it is a harder movie to kind of deal with knowing that he's killed the guy, but still it doesn't matter because he's a schizophrenic. Like this is a this is a different kind of character. You're not being able to – you're not being asked There's to no, like, save the identify cat. with this character. You're hopefully going to empathize with his situation and the people around him. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'd like to – if yeah, I yeah. could. Please. I'd like to sort of present to the listeners of your program why I love program. Harmony Korean. Please. Why I love this movie and why I love Scumbo Marie. <laughs> if I may, if oh, I may. absolutely, please. Thank you so please. much. Of course. So I'm from New Jersey, and I uh, celebrate the sort of pain of my life. Right. So that's like uh, weaponizing sort of the bad things that happened to me. The 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 people I grew up with were bad people. Like, I mean, I had a good friend whose father was a used car salesman. He bought us Everclear when I was in eighth grade. Oh my god! Can you imagine that? Can I ask what Everclear is? Everclear it's like is a really super alcohol. strong alcohol. I was 13 years old. Yeah, it's like grain alcohol. It's yep. like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I the people that I the living rooms I've I've been in the the dank, smelly cigarette smoke smelling like mm-hmm. I have experienced this sort of Julian Donkey Boy world right. of just like what. Uh, poverty does mm-hmm. right and so the the celebration of this movie what I love about it is it's it's kind of like I said weaponizing sort of what this is really like but it's not making them feel you're not supposed to feel sad for them it's just this is what it is yeah I love that. Uh, <laughs> there's something about also the the representation of seeing characters like this you never get to see because they're always like a guy in an alley that just kind of delivers some like bullshit like you know like i'm a creep or like you never get to see them just 
be a person or a main character in a movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. villains are always sort of like we like we assume that villains sit on their throne all day and then they just make like villainy plans. To me, villains are people that have to like poop and shower and do life stuff. Right. Uh, like they bad to, they people have to fill hours just like right. the rest of us do. And so this movie to me is it gets me so excited cuz it's like it's almost like I'm being seen kind of like my people that my experience is on the screen. Uh, so I, 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 you, you, you absolutely were the right person for this podcast. <laughs> no, I want to, I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to add to that because that's your your life experience has a, a, has a given you the ability to speak on this in a way I can't. Um, so th- that's appreciated. Um, I had a similar kind of feeling, which is basically, you know, you made the point. You always see these people in back alleys or whatever. It's always some some set some form of kind of um, poverty porn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always some some form of like these are the lower classes. And there was a movie. It was a, it's a weird comp. When we did Stir of Echoes, we kind of were we appreciated the way it just showed people who were lower middle class, but didn't show them from the point of view of either like these are the real Americans or this is the sad yeah. reality of living in poverty or living in a lower class, right? Julian Donkey Boy does the same thing. Now I would extend that even further. Julian Donkey Boy is willing to pull up rugs, look what's under it, show it to you, no judgment. It does it with lower class people, with people who are living in poverty and more more kind of acutely, it does it with people living with like serious disability. Like serious disability yeah. and it doesn't show them just like as people at a hospital mm-hmm. or as people struggling to live their lives. It just – there's so many scenes here where they're just hanging out, you're fly on the wall I apt that that to me more than anything. That's what I thought was so refreshing and revolutionary about this movie was you never see these people as people. I truly you you won't even believe my grade at the end of it because I thought this movie was so incredible. I, I want okay. <laughs> I'm going to say this, which is that first and foremost, I agree with everything you guys are saying in the sense that there is a fearlessness to Harmony Korine's filmmaking that. I think if I'm being honest, kind of scares me. Like watching it is it's it is a it's a harrowing experience to sit through his films. Um, even I mean, Spring Breakers, and I have not seen Beach Bum, and I just watched Spring Breakers for the first time. Beach the other Bum day. is not harrowing. I, I think yeah, it's that, the opposite of harrowing. Yeah, it is. It's kind of it's kind of lulling. Right, but it, there's something about I mean, certainly Kids and Gummo and and Julian Donkey Boy, which are the three that I'm basically referring kind of to those three. There is something very. Uh, it's not audacious and it's not shocking, but it is sort of rubbing your face in something you probably don't either have been exposed to or are scared to be exposed to. And I think that that's sort of the thing that that makes this movie-going experience not an enjoyable one. But no. so valuable. But valuable. And it's, 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 I agree with it's, that. It's, it's art. It is and art in the purest sense of the term. it's not for entertainment. I agree mm-hmm. with that 100%. And I think that Except for when Werner Herzog is on screen. <laughs> that <laughs> is 100% entertainment. <laughs> Jesus. He's got yeah, some he's lines, and I've, I've pulled a couple of them that I really do love. Um, him hosing his son down and screaming, be a man, be a man. I also think him... But the metaphor there... <laughs> 
it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like we can kind of read into it. it's like the father son relationship. The father is like sort of like pushing him and like uh, and, and right. This is like encapsulates sort of their dynamic. Absolutely. But it doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. Why no. would he be washing him? Why is he <laughs> challenge him to be a man? It's this weird like metaphor that doesn't make sense. Oh, it goes it goes beyond. Yeah. You're but, they, okay, all true. <laughs> Werner Herzog's character is a massive life failure. Yes. Like a massive yeah. life failure and the worst person to teach his three children about what it takes <laughs> to succeed in life. And yet he can't fucking stop doing it. It's so abusive. It's actual abuse. Like yes. it's, even, it's even worse abuse than having like – Fucking, this is so evil, what I'm about to say. But like, but there are so many situations where you hear about like famous people who are abusive towards their, or successful people who are abusive towards their kids. Like, I don't mean like physically abusive, but like, like a, like a Richard Williams situation or whatever. He's not famous or successful, but whatever. Richard Williams obviously (laughs) knew what he was doing in some sense because those girls turned out to be the best female tennis players of all time. Okay. Werner Herzog is not only abusive, he's going to turn these kids into the worst possible versions of themselves. Yeah. And they're yeah. going to be in even, a, even worse shape than he is. Yeah. Well, that, that speaks to another line of his that I, that I enjoyed, which is him on the front lawn with the plastic garbage can screaming, oh. I don't want all this plastic in my yard, but do you feel like a winner? <laughs> <laughs> he has a little monologue where he says, I would never felt like a winner either. Yeah. Oh, it's so. It's, I mean, it's anywhere he used to be able to pick up the the thing. He's still. Tr- it is. This is like the actual good version of the great Santini. This is like the <laughs> actual. Oh, wow. It is like the, no, it is. This is like the actual real good version of like one of those like abusive father movies. Like that. Yeah. I, this is actually, I think, what it would feel like. Double program this and Honey Boy. <laughs> when it comes out. So. A little bit of context, just because I think there's some interesting stuff in the way that this film was actually physically made. Uh, over the course of its 25-day shoot, Harmony Korine amassed 86 hours of footage Holy that he shit. then cut Jesus. down to a final uh, hour and or sorry, 101-minute film. The first cut was six and a half hours long, <laughs> <laughs> which I can't, I can't even imagine. I mean, I, I would just watch that. That is, that might be a form of abuse to actually sit and watch six and a half hours of this. Uh, the film was shot from a 124-page scene treatment of sorts, essentially only general description of scenes for instance the sound of hard wind is all that was written for scene eight (laughs) (laughs) in scene 58 (laughs) and then for scene 58 julian balls on this man (laughs) it's it's unbelievable love it in scene 58 julian's brother tries again in vain to kill the swan all the dialogue was improvised by the actors i'm not even making a joke is that a euphemism i don't know Moving on. <laughs> uh, all the dialogue was improvised by the actors except for one scene where Julian is talking to his dead mother on the telephone. Mm. Uh, in a number of scenes, including the one where Julian carries a dead fetus into a public bus, Harmony Korine used hidden spy cameras in order to catch genuine reactions from the people on oh the bus. My. Cool. <laughs> Um, so there's that. Uh, yeah, so there was a lot in this movie. I think Chloe's great in this he, film, too. He also, um, yeah. Chloe's always great. Chloe yeah, is Chloe's my girl. I actually just saw her in oh, yeah? person at uh, at the, the premiere of High Life. Mm. Oh, how was High Life? <sighs> I hear Man. it's unbelievable. It's uh very. Ch- it's also similarly very challenging. Uh-huh. I've never seen any of her uh, other Claire. Denis, Denis yeah. uh, movies. <laughs> so all I'll say is that I uh, love future shit, and <laughs> this movie 
uh, does a lot of interesting things with future shit that you haven't seen before. And that's what I like about it. That's cool. It, it like thinks about space and the future in interesting ways. That's exciting. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chloe, we, we, we did Boys Don't Cry, where she's incredible in that movie, uh, which was also a 99 film. Like, Chloe is always great. Boys, yeah. And I respect. Can I say, though, Boys Do Cry? <laughs> they do. <laughs> I've cried. <laughs> I just want to say it is. It's terrible. So it's, it's false advertising. Terrible advice. Yeah, yeah. but it's she's <laughs> boys do cry. <laughs> Sometimes boys really do be crying. I, I, boys be crying. <laughs> her her uh, filmography is is very impressive. The range of stuff that she's sure. done. Yeah. She's she's always great, and she's great in this. I do get the impression that she were they dating. Am I making this yes. up at the time? Yes. No, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah, she, she was sort like they. She was like amused to him. Yes, mm-hmm. and yes. I, and and she's in. I don't know the. She's in kids. Trajectory, yeah. But yeah, she's yeah. in kids, obviously. Yeah. She was like, I mean, I'm so a Chloe. I'm a she's Chloe Stan. Also. Chloe <laughs> literally Chloe was uh, Chloe from upstate New York. Started going uh-huh. to uh, uh, New York regularly as a kid. And like literally at 16 was the coolest person on the planet. Yeah. yeah I don't like, get it. Uh, uh, what's her name from um, a Sonic Youth? Like she connected with Kim Gordon and was like sort of like getting into fashion and then just through hanging out in Washington Square Park with skater kids became – became this actress through like being in kids. Like what an amazing story. Like a 90s Tavi Gevinson. Yeah. Yeah. There there is a – Except she's good. You don't like Tavi Gevinson? No. Okay. We can have that conversation. (laughs) Good at what? Good at what? Uh, as in acting? Chloe's like good at acting and or like just good at what good she at does. Life. Yeah. I mean, I think Tavi's okay. acting aside, I okay. think that I think she's I think amassed she, a pretty interesting career. For I think herself. her shit's really it's cool. Interesting. But, I don't know if that's down to her, but anyway. But I think it's, it's very good, cool it's what you said about Chloe uh, Savigny. <laughs> I think it is like literally amazing. She, ba- you know, what another example is can't remember her name. Edie, what was Andy Warhol's muse? Edie. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, but just one of those people who just kind of. Get big in a scene that's relevant at a time, right? But yeah, I mean, I you know, I was saying I wasn't in the uh, Sedgwick, Edie Sedgwick. Edie Sedgwick. Yeah. I wasn't in the this scene in the '90s um, in New York City, but I had a lot of friends who were in the scene in mm-hmm. the '90s, and I was in New York a lot during it, uh, during the kids' era, and that rang incredibly true to me. Yeah, in a way that nobody. Spring Breakers is the perfect example of this too. Nobody n- who wasn't in New York in and around that time. Um, realize the way these kids were living. Mm-hmm. Just like no one who doesn't go on spring break have no one who goes on, who doesn't go on spring break has any idea the way spring break is. And I'm not saying it's fucking alien, you know, <laughs> but like that's kind of on the menu if you want it. You yeah. know, just like this stuff in kids is kind of on the menu if you want it. Um, and I guess Beach Bum kind of is is living in that. A hundred percent. The thing about the thing the about Beach, Beach Bum is basically like, do you want to live a certain way? Yeah, check this out. The beach, yeah. <laughs> the beach bum, the beach bum thing I like that I that I will say. To try to to try to to try to tie his whole oeuvre together. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this fantasy, and I've always had this fantasy of being incredibly rich. Now I don't have it anymore. Now that I don't drink, but being incredibly rich and then just squandering it all on drugs and alcohol. You know, and just like being so like rich where I don't have to worry about anything and then just all day long I'll just get drunk and high and drunk and high. Now I don't do that anymore. I'm five years sober as you know, but like this is this is what I thought about in like when in my twenties. Mm. 
And like the beach bum is about a guy who did it. You know? Yeah. yeah. He's about a guy because he's very rich. Like that's part of this movie too. Like he's he's independently successful, also married a rich woman. So that's So he's living the dream. Yeah, pretty much. Well, he's literally he's like <laughs> literally living living the nightmare, right? Like right. it's just basically it's basically Harmony Crim being like, No, 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 it'd be a nightmare if you did that. So Well that's what's fun is that you're you're all the things you're saying, I'm not sober. So <laughs> I relate to what you're saying because I also have that romanticism of self-destruction. Right. Mm. And I think that Beach Bomb is playing into sort of like if you want to just be like, oh, my God, this guy rules. He figured out how to function society and be a fuck up. Yeah. Because you can only – ride that out for so long until you are going to be homeless and you have to like have a job and like Mm -hmm. be able to function in the world. Uh, But then at the same time, it's so gratuitous and like the other camp can just like see it for what it is. I like the beach one more than I did before this podcast. I do. I do. I see, I see the value in a a way I didn't before. Can I, I, so I have a question on spring breakers because you know, I was a novice on this film until recently. I just watched it. What, What, what do we think that film is saying? Because it it does feel a little bit – it gets a little repetitive to me in terms of just I can only watch so many gyrating, you know, college girls. It's Instagram. The movie. Okay. Okay. It's repetitive because – that's what their lifestyle is like. It's this, that, yeah. what is Instagram? It's food pictures. It's people going out and bragging about what they do. It's competitive. I think that, it, it's I think competitive. I've, I think yeah. I've figured out that what it is. It's to me. We'll just play on what Ben said. It's competitive, and it's can you top this? And how far can you go? And who can you be seen with? And what can you yeah. do? And I actually think like it's just like kids, which is a fucking brilliant cautionary tale. Spring Breakers is a cautionary tale. I'm not yeah. trying to say like there's any real world where four cute girls are going to go down to Florida and become criminals. <laughs> but I think that, that – all right. So that's that's the suburban mom nightmare that's going to happen. I right. think Harmony Corinne is saying like it's closer than you think. I actually would love to – because I'm getting excited because <laughs> do we – this is so topical. Uh, <laughs> Little Nas X. I don't, I don't know what that is. Karen, you know about this. That fucking country. <laughs> no, I do know. That country, Old Town Road. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> that song <laughs> is Spring Breakers. Oh I my! The, I don't know this song. Oh my! Right? No, you're right. Oh, right? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that is Spring Breakers. It's like the meeting of two cultures. Oh shit! Th- and it doesn't make sense. Oh my yeah. god! And they shouldn't exist together. Right. And it and kind of sounds like how trash. fucking hard Billy Ray Cyrus is going for it too. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> Yo, wait, wait. We get thirty so, seconds. I I think let's, so. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Let's not. Let's not. No, who, you who, can play who, it. Just talk who get, over it. Who would get sued? Audio Boom or me and Phil? You and Phil. <laughs> All right, let's go. Do it. <laughs> I mean, worst comes to worst, we'd have to cut it. But right. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, the the thing <laughs> that they do in Hollywood Handbook, and I will, uh, you know, sign off on it, is if you talk over it, the bots won't pick up. Oh, in the scanning. Oh, so there's bots that are scanning for their shit. Bots. I forget. Let's not do that. You scared the shit out of me. There's bots. I do want to say one quick thing. Fucking minority report over here. I think I understand a little bit of why I have issues with Harmony Korine as a viewer, and I think a lot of it has to do with. And I, generally speaking, don't have a problem with movies that don't have a narrative. You know what I mean? I love Wong Kar Wai, whose films can sometimes be very dreamlike, or uh, Terrence Malick, or any number of sort of tone poem filmmakers. But those tend to be very dreamlike. 
they tend to be very sort of, you know, uh, yeah, they try to kind of welcome you in. Mm. He's making something without a narrative and he's also like screaming in your face and kicking you in the nuts at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Which I, is tough. Yeah. As a I, viewer. Like provocative. It's such a weird term, but like provocateur cinema in that way is just frustrating. Like it can be just frustrating. Ben, you saw Climax, right? Yeah. And you liked it? <laughs> well, I like uh, Gaspar No. Gaspar yeah. Noe. I yeah. love his. You his liked Irreversible? Stuff. Well, you know what? I guess I shouldn't say that. I should say <laughs> that I That's loved a nightmare movie. Enter the Void, and I yeah. haven't yeah, seen his okay. other stuff. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I, I just love that movie uh, for a lot of reasons. But have you seen Upstream Color? No. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucked uh, up Upstream Color. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's you amazing. should check out Upstream Color. It's similarly plotless, kind of, uh, but it has this very sinister kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it and very kind of, I don't want to say, like scientific, I guess, kind of a little bit. I think you'd really dig it. Yeah, he's but like a, he was that dude's name? Shane, Shane Ruth. Yeah. He's yeah. like a math filmmaker. Yeah. You know? He did, yeah. It's like, yeah, Primer was Primer, him too, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, so I, again, like, Harmony Corrine is giving you nothing to hold on to and also yelling at you about it. I don't agree yeah. with that. And again, I'm not I, I'm not saying that it's not I, – the, the yelling part, like, I mean, I'm kind of willing to let that go. because I, I He's giving you emotional terrain to hold on to I for sure. Feel, I didn't but, feel yelled at by the movie. I okay. definitely felt shook into the, this world, but I felt like I got there pretty easily. And then in terms okay. of, like, nothing to hold on to – I don't know. Maybe personal experience and maybe what I had just gone through with my like literal psych- psych- <laughs> psychiatric break the fucking two days before. Yeah. But uh, I was very empathetic to what this character was going through and what mm-hmm. it, what it must feel like to be um, within this world. And I was, I was Ewan Bremner is so good. He's unbelievable. He is very good. Everyone he's a really good. good underrated actor. Like he never broke out the way yeah, that he should. He have. never really got a this. I think he he should have broke out. Thought this spotting. was gonna. He should have broken up. Fuck Ewan McGregor. <laughs> You really? Bremner, no, not really. But I mean, like, you and like, should have been the one. You McGregor seems like a Karen boy. After he cheated on his wife. Oh, really. that's not cool. But like, oh, you and Bremner. Karen right. has standards. <laughs> <laughs> that's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I, I, I don't mean to sound. I know that saying he's not giving you anything to hold on to sounds like a negative, okay. and I'm not saying that it necessarily is. I think that he's. We talked about this earlier when we were when we were in the hallway about like intent. And how and and this conversation has turned me around on his intent. I do believe that that there is an artist and a mind behind what he's doing, and 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 it's easy to look at something like Gummo and just think that it is just a series of scenes. Well, it's that a dirty water movie. It's a, it's a dirty water movie. <laughs> um, but then but then you also the lo- best kind of water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think that's but the you know thing what I'm where like the redeeming factor about like all the kind of horrible stuff that he can put you through in one of his movies is the fact that he's so good at tapping into any given emotion on a very visceral level like that's what I liked about the beach bum the whole sequence um, that's set to is that all there is like it's really fragmented and kind of nothing is happening but it's so like that was emotionally a, that was the best part of the movie yeah I totally agree with you that was the part of the movie where I was like reflecting on my own life <laughs> and I was like yeah. sitting back and saying like <laughs> What no, does it all mean? Because like in the minute, in the in the moment, I thought I was dying of rabies. So, um, <laughs> see, this is the thing. You went into Beach Bum in a in a, in a 
pretty dark headspace. Yeah, I thought I was dying of rabies. So I was sitting there. <laughs> you got to be on board for Captain Whack. I was, who's Captain, <laughs> Captain Whack? Martin Lawrence. That actually was the best. He's. It's amazing. It's There's not like a just bad. A little bit. It's where not a bad Martin movie. Lawrence. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you are. It's good. It's not a bad movie. That's incredible. <laughs> like it's. Oh. Hey, you're right. Maybe if I was in a different mindset, there, there is a, there's this whole sequence where we're fucking Martin Lawrence it's plays this so good. really scummy, dirty. But he's captain wearing like a full the, like regalia. Yeah, like he's a boat a captain. captain. But uh-huh. it, his boat his boat looks like it was made out of like it made his boat looks like it was made out of like the discarded. Wood from an outhouse. And he, like, right? loves dolphins. That's his whole bit. But, like, cannot distinguish between dolphins Dolphin and shark. sharks. It's so good. So he so goes to just... swim with the dolphins. Yeah. They're all sharks. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good stuff. Oh, and it's so oh, wait, 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 wait. I need to see we're actually We're actually leaving, out the, to see we're leaving out the best part. Well, don't. Like, <laughs> we're not the best part. It's as he takes. As he takes Matthew McConaughey as his, like, Fucking Gilligan, his yeah. as his Gilligan with a family of four and five, the Lipschitz, yeah. who sing a song about how they're the Lipschitz. Is I love the doctor goes on. I forgot what his first name, so I'm gonna make it up. He goes, he goes, I'm Doctor Lipschitz. You can call me Dan. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. Like this family was perfect. All right, whatever. The movie's okay. great. So- fucking ninety nine for the beach bum. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> I do think, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound as though there isn't, you know, uh, that, that Harry Kareen isn't adding something to film cinema, because I do think he is. I just think that, and I wonder also, there seems to be kind of a fulcrum point for him between Julian Donkey Boy and Spring Breakers, because there isn't a film in there, if I'm not mistaken, right? He goes from... Well, he's, he has been doing uh, there, a lot there, of There might stuff. be trash like, humpers paints. in there. I'm not serious. I'm not he sure. is, um, he's a, a fine – like he's a fine artist. He, he definitely like yeah. has been making like video art and and, yeah. and has been showcasing his work <laughs> yeah, internationally. Yeah, he did that interview where he was like, if I could just paint, I would do that. <laughs> yeah, like, trash humpers is in there. You're right, Kenny. Uh, also, Harmony has the best David Letterman appearances, and I recommend all oh, the I listeners. Check, check oh, they're to, amazing! I've seen them. to watch yeah. Harmony Korine on David Letterman. For whatever reason, Letterman just loves him. <laughs> he loves him, and every appearance, he's so weird on it. Like I'm yeah. sure when he's promoting kids, he's like on acid. Oh wow! He really seems to get David Letterman. Really seems to get Harmony Korine in a in a, in a, in a really. Honest and respectful way. Yes, it's hard to explain. It makes explain. me so excited when yeah. I because he would never be treated with any uh, sincerity by anyone else. Yeah. But David Letterman just knows that this guy's got something. Well, that's, I think there's also something, and that's something that's great about Letterman oh, too. And I think, and I think Colbert sort of has this as well, which is just yeah. sort of an open mindedness about the world. John and, Stewart and, too. John Stewart too. I was just saying, like, like fucking Fallon doesn't really because he's just a he's <laughs> well, a sick no, of fan. Like, but, but but that 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 right there is the difference between Jay Leno and David Letterman. Jay Leno will bring anybody on, and if they're a little less cool and popular than him, he just makes fun of them right. to their yeah. face. Whereas yeah, right. like Letterman loves the weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Letterman's a, a weirdo. I mean, yes, I think that right. I think he's. I mean, the he's beard. he's yeah. he's definitely. So I mean. He, he does have trash. Uh, Harmony has trash humpers in between Julian Donkey Boy and Spring Breakers, but oh, he goes. Yeah. I mean, trash humpers is in two thousand and nine. He doesn't make Spring Breakers until two thousand and twelve. I guess my question is more about like, is it that he gets married? Is it that he has kids? Because it does feel like Spring Breakers does give you 
it's not surprising that film pops more. You've got this very larger than life performance from, from James Franco at the center of it. Right. You've got a bunch of hot up and coming mm-hmm. young actresses and what have you. Like it's, there's, it's, there's stuff there. Spring Breakers. It's of its time. Yes. Yeah. yes. 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 And I would say if you're if you want to talk the trajectory of his career, because yeah. I'm obsessed with Harmony Kern's career. I think that he has the coolest career. Because think about how old he is. How old is he? He has so he's much. Like in his forties, right? Yeah, he's so young. He might not even be. 40. He's so young, he? and he has had such an influential 46. career already. 46, wow. And he is growing yeah. with us. Yeah. And he, we have so much more time with him. Yeah. But he. His early movies encapsulate the 90s aesthetic. Yeah. That's true. He is – he represents sort of, again, like going back to my huh. upbringing, like this dirty sort of like uh, 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 like uh, lo-fi aesthetic to like art. Mm-hmm. Like that I think that he needed to sort of like – because like I didn't see Julian and I, I haven't seen Trash Humpers. I'm going to. <laughs> but my understanding is those movies probably don't fit in as well as kids – and Spring Gummo Break, yeah, kind of did, yeah. but Spring Breakers. My whole thing is, and I, I, if he's listening to this, Harmony, keep doing what you're doing, my man, <laughs> because you're tapping into something. And yeah. uh, uh, Spring Breakers, Beach Bum, it is sort of the thing that uh, I think, like uh, my generation, the Gen X, uh, uh, yeah, so like millennials, Gen Z, like you are our guy. I think he really is like the old people in Hollywood. They don't know like these like uh, a twenty four fucking movies are so just kind of like they're like a a Brooklyn in like or or like uh, uh, like they're like this. They're just like one one of your sponsors. It's just this stupid clean like. Uh, oh, this is smart. So you should yeah. like this. Oh I'm so over yeah. it. I love Harmony. I could literally. I stand Harmony. Something. Something. Your just, level of something. sincerity is so touching it is. to me. I also. I think that there is something. I totally agree with you in the sense that he is an iconoclast. I mean, he is someone who is definitely breaking away from any sort of norms. I, I think it's interesting. You know, so Beach Bones was released by Neon. I thought it might have been released by H24, but I think that no, it no, is no. is interesting. Neon is blowing it. The, the beach bum be. should be. It should be. Yeah, number just, one. It's not I a great agree. movie. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Ninety nine. Um, <laughs> I, I want to wait. wait hold on. I want to make one more point yeah, about this. I, I would have never thought that Spring Breakers would not be in my favorite Harmony Korine movie. Mm-hmm. And after this conversation, I think it's probably his worst movie. Really? Be, it's an amazing movie. I'm not fucking knocking it in any way. Yeah. It's an amazing movie. And if it was made by anybody else, it would be their fucking like best movie. It is his least ambitious movie. Oh, it is his it is an obvious thing to me. Like it's not obvious in like the way like, you know, make another Iron Man movie is obvious. But like let's put Disney princesses in Harmony Corinne's Iron Man. <laughs> let's put Disney princesses in oh, yeah. in a, you know, shoot 'em up movie. That's that, Zack Snyder did that with with Sucker, Sucker Punch, Punch, right? Uh, like yeah. that's not that revolutionary in in the way that Julian is revolutionary or kids or gummo. So I don't mean to knock Spring Breakers. Like, again, I think it's a masterpiece. I just think these other movies are better. I think it's interesting that, I mean, I guess what I was sort of driving at earlier is it does feel like there's more calculation in Spring Breakers than there is in anything that he had previously done. This was an attempt to find an audience. Don't mm-hmm. knock him for that. And I'm not knocking him for that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, he had yeah. to eventually have strategy. Yeah. Because yeah. he made yeah. how many movies without a strategy? Yeah. And at some point when you get older and you start becoming like 
uh, you have more uh, knowledge yeah. and you start to realize more truths, you can't be a young, angry man yelling at people all the time. Well, you have to yeah. figure out how to say something without having that like uh, 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 vinegar, that visceral like upsetness. Like you need to figure out other ways. So it is going to be somewhat calculated. There's also something to the you know the story with Sarah Bareilles and Love Song. Do you guys know that story? I no. don't. No. I, I love this story. I think she's so cool for doing this. Basically, she had her first album and the label said, I want a love song. And she's like, that's not what I do. And they're like, well, if you want to get on Top 40, write a fucking love song. Listen to the lyrics. The song is about her writing a love song for the label. Uh-huh. Right? So That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. There's, it's not about a guy or a girl or a human or anything else. It is about you want me to write you – I'm not going to write you a love song because you want me because you tell me to. And the fact that like you know it's not that obvious I think makes it quite a good piece of art. Um, I think there is something to Harmony Korine basically saying like you want a fucking big fucking studio shoot em up movie? Right. Here it is, motherfuckers. Exactly. I yeah. think there is well, something to that. <clears throat> I don't think it's as – it, it didn't blow me away like Julian did, but I do think like there's something being like I got a fucking fastball and I'll fucking strike you out. When I, th- yeah. I, I I think that's true, but I also I'm I'm gonna put a spin on it a little bit, which is that he also gets married in 2007, mm-hmm. and I think there is something to the idea of did he soften a little bit? Did he did yeah. he think I want to have a family? Did he think is there another way at this thing? Can I still be just as sort of you know uh, iconoclastic and also find an audience and i think that i think there's something to that i think that 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 could be part of the calculation i don't think it takes anything away from the film to your point but i think that it does sort of show i I, there's always been a mind at work here but i wonder whether or not a personal life might have folded into it as well to me it's a lot cooler than sam raimi making spider-man you know like it's a lot cooler than that Uh uh-oh you love sam raimi's shit Planted her hand what's on the go- table. What's going on? <laughs> so almost centered herself. Steam is coming out I, of her ears. I mean, right she's now. straight. She's going Mr. Furious on me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I mean, I, I don't. I, Sam Raimi is, I think, an interesting filmmaker in his own right, and and I and I don't hate his Spider-Man movies, but I also don't love them either. What so. is wrong with you people? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just Spider-Man Two is objectively. Like the best uh, third or fourth Superman. best Spider-Man. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know if third or fourth. Absolutely not. I, I mean, I think if obviously I think two it's that are better. third. Yes, yeah. I would say yeah. Spider-Verse and Homecoming are yeah, both better. Me too. Than uh, Karen <laughs> is lighting the studio <laughs> on and locking us in. Weirdly, <laughs> yeah. we're dying in the fire. We're dying in this fire. <laughs> She's turning <laughs> into an octopus. <laughs> Giant, ar- giant mechanical down. arms are coming yeah. out of her back. Yeah. <laughs> um. They're controlling me. <laughs> That's incredible. Spider- oh my god! Why are, we in a, why are we in a bus all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think that it's not really worth talking about the plot of this movie because I don't think there's really time nor uh, reason because I think that we've really kind of talked about the essence of this film in a lot of ways. Um, I'd like to rate it. Okay. So from zero to ninety nine. Now you didn't see it in ninety nine, Ben. Correct? I did not. No. And you didn't see it in ninety nine. Correct. No. You were seven. So I if you saw this film at seven, Karen, when, that's when did you see this movie? Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Okay. So cool. We, for your uh, edification, we rank the movies as you maybe heard earlier. Yes. Um, the podcast so, that you were on, same podcast yeah, that currently. Just, <laughs> right he was. He was. You know, might have been working producing, on other producing other things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we do pre-podcast, post-podcast. Before this podcast, I yeah. honestly found this film impossible to rate. 
Um, I fifty is the threshold for which we we recommend the film, and I'm I'm on that line because I don't know how to recommend. It. And this is before the podcast. You gave it a fifty. Mm-hmm. I gave it a fifty because I'm just unsure as to how to. That's what I gave exist- what, what existence you, for the same reason. Sure, except existence is great. Um, mm-hmm. I love existence. It exists. Existence is good. <laughs> existence, existence is good. Um, so I, I gave this a fifty before the podcast. Now the podcast has greatly changed my opinion on this film. I, I think that I'd probably give it. I don't know, I, I maybe a 69 now. Nice. nice. I, I think that... <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Which feels appropriate. I hear you, my man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, where I, that's where I stand. Cool. Feel, free to, feel free to rate this film now. Everybody I give it a 69 too. <laughs> Nice to know we are all children in this room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like fucking health class in here right now. Honestly, sure, why not? Sixty nine. Yeah, right. sixty nine's all around. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, not no. for me. Karen, Karen you want to go? Like, yeah, Karen, go. Uh, Before the podcast. Before the podcast, maybe uh, <laughs> seventy somewhere like okay, that. Okay. I think like seventy five, okay. eighty range now. Oh, all right. Uh, I, th- I feel like saving Ben for the last. Um, so I'm gonna go. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was gonna blow Phil away with my ranking. My ranking was a 92. Ooh. Um, last night, or was it two nights ago when I watched it on my computer in my bed next to my son? Um, <laughs> on, on, as he slept on, ear, on earbuds, yeah. just blown away by what he's watching. Oh I, my god! I, I, the only reason I only gave it a 92 is because I couldn't find anything wrong. I, 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 I couldn't believe how high I was going because I like I was went in with like potential like 15 expectations. Okay, wait. Um, I actually do need to go back to this. So I understand why you would rank Spider-Verse above Spider-Verse. <laughs> Aaron, you're the best. <laughs> oh, that you are so our best awesome. guest. Just you are our best host. <laughs> you are our best host, best guest. Right. Um, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do a bonus on that. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm up to I'm up to a 95. Wow. Like I, I can't wow. see any, I can't fucking see any reason. Wow. I don't even know why I'm not going higher. Only because like I'm just a, kind of afraid to like just say how I, I think it's basically fucking perfect. I think it's basically perfect. I would be. I would be remiss to tell someone that I think it's like one of my favorite movies of this year. There are a lot of people I know I wouldn't want to tell them to mm-hmm. go see it. But like if you can fucking handle it and you have an open mind, 95. That's really what I think. Wow. All right. So I didn't see this movie. So going into it, I was worried that it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. So I was going into it basically being like, is this a shitty slog of an art movie? <laughs> so I was, I guess, a 50 before I saw it. And then – I'm going to give it an 89. All right. So All right. I'm using that metric as like it's not perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm taking 10 off. So this is what I'll say to anybody out there that hasn't seen this movie is maybe scared about how we've been talking about it. Mm-hmm. You ever walked over a, a highway, like a highway overpass? You ever been in one of those chained in yeah. enclosures? Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. We've all done it. This movie, if you need help to like get through this movie just just think about that and put yourself there or if you've ever walked along like a river yeah or if you've ever uh, uh been in a parking lot that's all uh, uh the grass is growing through right it's all cracked 
That's what this movie is, Aww. my man. Ben. It, this movie is like sort of uh, – it's, it's, um, it's the like mold or the grit on the wall that you never notice hmm. when you're going mm-hmm. into your car in the sure. parking lot on the like retaining wall. It's just the shit that gets uh, swept in underneath in the crevices. That no one ever makes a movie about. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's why <clears throat> it's so weird to see it. Because that's, you're like, I mean, that, that's what? what it comes down to. I think these for me, people are like, never. They're it never. It feels like a, a, a. Yeah, it's a. It's a shock to see something like this. It's a. Mm-hmm. Whole, you know what I mean? It's. It's. Yeah. I'm fucking out of tears. I have no tears left to cry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I laughed oh, so hard. I was, that was crying. Incredible. Yeah. Phil, uh, I think this does this double episode fucks up our thing a little bit. But what do you want to do next it week? <clears throat> does it fuck up our thing? I think uh, we're I guess gonna go Karen, David, uh, Ben. But yeah, so let's just throw to 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 Mystery Man. Mm. You can mark this right for a yeah. second first. That'd be great. Thanks. Um, I think I want to go David into Ben because I think that'll be funny. David have... into Ben. So yeah. you want to split this into? Is what you're no, 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 no. Okay. I want go David into both of these. I want David to comment on having Karen oh. and Ben on oh, the podcast. Oh, okay, right? okay. So, okay. So, fair enough. Where uh, uh, is this going to the void? What else do we have? Yeah, this kind of goes into the void a little bit. Play it to the bone. No, we shouldn't do that. Never again. Let's not. Do, let's not do that. We could do Happy Texas. Um, but do you I guys think... have any thoughts on that movie? Have you ever heard of it? No. 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 Okay. Uh, why don't we just do? Uh, I mean, we're going to do Sweet and Lowdown very soon. With who? With uh, Whitney Friedlander. Fuck it. Let's talk about Woody. You want to talk about Woody everyone, for a second? Everyone has a thought or two about Woody. Yeah. All right. Great. So uh, next week we are doing Sweet and Lowdown. The uh, sole Woody Allen film from 1999 with uh, Sean Penn and Samantha Morton and Uma Thurman. It's Ugh. it's a <laughs> it's a it's a yeah. lot. Ugh. It's but but I will say this: we have a great guest in Whitney Friedlander. We'll be fine. We'll be totally fine, Phil. She's gonna be great. <laughs> Don't worry. Whitney's awesome. Um and uh yeah, so she's she's a reporter for various she's uh, Esquire and various other. She requested the film. She shot, requested the film. Shot, we shot did not foist it on her. Bail hmm. uh, us out a little bit. I, I will, I will say this. That'll be a harrowing experience. I haven't seen Sweet and Loaded in a while. So I will say I, I quite liked it back in the day. Um, I think it's I think it's kind of an anomaly of a, of a Woody Allen film. Uh, he often plays with the whole like documentary thing. So he's doing that a little bit in this or a lot in this, I guess. But – Sean Penn's really good in this movie. I hate to say it because I know Sean Penn, but he's very good in this movie. Samantha Morton totally deserved her Oscar nomination. She's I think she's great. she's so and she's mute in this movie, and she's just tremendous. Um, and the music's great. Like the jazz guitarist is not necessarily a, a, a brand of jazz music that people are all that familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, it's it's made by a problematic individual, starring yeah, a problematic, starring a problematic individual. individual. So it's it's you know it's a lot, but I, I'm I'm very curious to watch it again. I'm trying and and you know in these times that we live in, we try to separate the art from the artist when we can. Sometimes some people succeed, some people don't. Depends on who it is. Some people want to, some people don't. Some people would do exactly. Uh, I won't be paying to see any Woody Allen films in the future, <laughs> yeah. but you know I, I do think that he's a filmmaker that I he was very influential to me in my career and and in that regard it's i think he's an important filmmaker oh look it's i'm waving goodbye to woody allen as he departs from my life (laughs) (laughs) oh and there he is in the horizon goodbye touche 
I, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an apologist for him. I, don't, I, I don't in any way, obviously, condone any of the things that he. But if we're going to talk about the film, I'm interested to watch the film again. This is the gig, Phil. This is what we signed up for. This we're is doing, what we signed up for. We're doing every movie from 1999, and we knew yeah. we would have to do this at some point, just like we knew we'd have to do American Beauty, just like we, like we have to do all these Harvey Weinstein movies. Yeah. And it sucks. <laughs> we're the real victims here. Yeah. Um, but now you guys, unfortunately, have to talk about Woody, too. So Ben, you already ben, waved Ben already goodbye. waved goodbye to him. Karen, you so. just waving goodbye. Do you guys have anything you want to say do about this movie? Do you have any thoughts movie? on, on – Kick him off the pier. Kick, kick him off the pier. The have you guy. seen Sweet and Lowdown? No, I haven't. Kick I'm not him going in the butt. To. Okay. Kick him in the butt. That's fair. Guys, I'm not – I think that's completely yeah. fair and reasonable. I've never saw it. I'm not going to see it. Yeah. Have you seen any Woody Allen films? Yeah, of course. And you're just not a fan in general or – because of what's transpired, it's I, colored I have no the way thoughts. You see it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, like uh, he was an influence on me. I liked his comedy. Yeah. But but I'm that's done. where it ends. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like I have nothing to say. Yeah. He definitely. I don't know. He's dead I, to you now. Is what you're saying basically. 100. Yeah. percent I've seen some of his films, but I guess they didn't. I I never had that same reaction to them. Right. Whereas, like when the time came when all the accusations came to light again. I was like, no, fuck that guy. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm certainly not going to ride for him now. Yeah. I, I, I will say that uh, he was probably one of the first filmmakers I was exposed to, like mm-hmm. in terms of my father. You know, I, I remember when we watched Annie Hall for the first time. Um, <clears throat> he was one of the first voices, I think, that I ever was sort of really aware of. Yeah. So it's hard to unlearn that. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and you know, it, it is what it is. It, yeah. I'm obviously, you know, Phil, I'm with you. There's just like he's just super important to me for so long and like that's going to happen. Like when you know, when you fucking have when you have a relationship with an artist, a lot of them are going to be shitty fucking people. Yeah. A lot of successful people in this country in this world are terrible fucking people. And it's really hard like, you know, we're going to do a Roman Polanski movie this year too. A Johnny Depp Roman Polanski well, movie. But Roman, Plans- <laughs> but Roman Polanski specifically because like Ben's we're going to have guys. to do a Roman Polanski movie this year and I've always kind of like felt pretty comfortable drawing the line and being like, kill Roman Polanski, throw him away. And I should say the same thing about Woody Allen. So the whole thing is really difficult to like deal with. But just in terms of this podcast, we're going to watch the movie. We're going to talk about the movie. We are. And we could talk about our feelings about Woody too. Yeah. But I, I, it will definitely come up. What and a we'll... shitty way to end this wonderful podcast. No, I mean, I think, I don't <laughs> think that's true. I think that, I what think do you guys think of Play It to the Bone? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Play It to the Bone? Ben? No, what is it? It's, it's a Ron Shelton movie. movie. Woody, Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. And, uh, and the, the good Woody. The good Woody and, uh, Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Banderas. It's, uh, something. Okay, I'll... Uh, you don't need to. Noted. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take it down. Let's do the thing where we tell everyone where to see us on social media. Yeah, uh, I'm at PM Iskov on Instagram and Twitter. We're at PodcastLake99 on uh, Twitter. Please rate, review, subscribe, and thank you so much for listening. What about you? Uh, I'm at Karen Wyhan on Twitter, and you can find a lot of my work at Polygon.com. <laughs> awesome. I'm at Ben Hosley. It's H-O-S-L-E-Y. I also do a weekly internet radio show Wednesdays at 9 on kpiss.fm. Really? I also, yes. That sounds I amazing. I also am launching a fashion line Yes. in So the delivery will be for fall. It will be a fall line. So uh, these, are the, these are the buried jeans? These are the buried jeans. Are there other – and. Uh, you like put stuff on trees or something yeah to that effect? i nailed a sweater to a tree 
Um, I've got a lot of different things kind of cooking up, but I'm going to be uh, sort of doing an intersexual or no intersectional. <laughs> goth. I like that it was sexual for a section. It could be sexual. Yeah. Intersectional <laughs> goth, like you. <laughs> cyberpunk, high fashion streetwear brand. So stay tuned for more. Subscribe. That sounds that sounds incredible. That's it. I. All right, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Right. Podcast over. Okay. Uh, guys, this was amazing. Like, truly one of the great <laughs> experiences of my life. Yay! Yay, Sarah's late. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. You are the podcast like it's 1999. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.